live from the Hot Stove Lounge. The Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, the uh, comeback kids do it again. Down 2-0 after 40. The Flames score three in the third and win 3-2. Dustin Wolf picks up his second ever NHL win. He was very good en route to the victory, and the Flames come away with a 3-2 win here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Okay, let's get our postgame coverage underway. It's Pat Steinberg along with you here at the Scotiabank Saddledome following a comeback win for the Flames. Another one, 3-2, your final over the Carolina Hurricanes, and the gentleman who tied the game tonight was Connor Zeri. He did so at uh, 7.01 of the third period and got the Flames right back even in this game. And let's go right to the Flames locker room and check in with Connor Zeri right now. Connor, really appreciate the time. How'd, uh, how'd this one feel tonight? Another comeback win for the group. Yeah, it feels good, obviously, to to know we have that in us all the time is is that determination to to come back, even two nothing going into the third. But we we kind of knew we we could come back, and and we stayed confident in in our game and and kept doing what we needed to do. And obviously, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. We don't want to start from behind and play from behind, but I think you just see our group be able to to play like that and 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 still not worry about it and get down on, on each other on ourselves and and come back and win that game i uh, i promise no questions about starts to game here or post game but tell <laughs> us about the uh tell us about the third period what did you like about the group and what you were able to do in period three yeah i think we had our game mostly a, a little bit off and on but most of the game especially as we got into the second period late in the second and and we started to bring it to them and and we found what was kind of working for us and, and how we needed to come after them a little bit. And obviously they were tired in a back-to-back, and, and we used that to our advantage. And, and I think that third period was huge for us. So I think we just kind of went in attack mode and, and, and made sure we were transitioning the puck quick when, when it got chipped out by them, and, and we were coming right back on top of them. So I think that was a, a kind of a turning point for us just to, to speed up the game a little bit and, mm. and, uh, and come back uh, through the middle right at them. Walk us through the uh, game-tying goal that you scored. Uh, kind of Johnny on the spot, Connor. What did you see on that one? Yeah, like I said, it's just a, a quick transition play. Cans made a good play over to, to Rosie, and I was kind of just following up. And and uh, honestly, I, I, was, I was heading towards the net, but uh, I, I watched the goalie kind of shake himself and look behind him, and, and I thought I might as well go check it out, what's, what's sitting <laughs> there, and, and a little bit of a gift there, and, and those ones are always nice. So uh, I'll take them when I can get them. Uh, last question for you, Connor. You, you, you had the one game where you missed out with the lower body injury and uh, it, it feels like now that that's behind you you've got your your season on a really nice groove how are you feeling over the last couple of weeks here yeah I feel really good I think I had some minor things kind of going on that that kind of hindered a little bit and and affected my my skating and my play a bit but uh, I'm back to 100% and I'm feeling really good and uh, and it's good to kind of get in that groove and get in that role and and hopefully we'll we'll string a couple games here together and uh, get some more wins. Connor appreciate the time congrats on the goal and congrats on the win thanks for doing this. Thank you very much appreciate it. That's Connor Zeri post game following tonight's Flames 3-2 comeback win over the Carolina Hurricanes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome game five of this six game homestand that wraps up Saturday afternoon against the New Jersey Devils. Our Flames Stock post game show is underway. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, it's going to be fun to talk to our coach tonight because Jason LaBarbera will be our coach in here. Uh, LaBarbera is going to jump in with us in just a few minutes. Uh, he'll break down Dustin Wolf's uh, second NHL win and first of the season. He was strong in this game tonight. And uh, the Flames, uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest, as Corey Sarich and Derek Wills join us here in the hot stove 
Cove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome as well. Uh, of the comeback wins this year, this is the one I uh, did not see coming most. I did not like a lot of what I uh, saw in the first 40 minutes of play, but credit the Flames. They uh, stuck with it. They got a bounce in uh, the third period to get themselves on the board and kind of rode it from there. And uh, they needed a win, and they needed it in a big way. And uh, Sarchi, they, uh, they, they found a way in the third period. And uh, here they are with a, a 3-2 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, that was a pretty nice job. I, I was a little nervous, too, in the first minute and 30 seconds of that third period. Carolina comes out, they hem the Flames in, and they had all sorts of chances. And it was great to see the Calgary Flames quickly tilt the ice, get things headed the other direction. And that last, well, my math is bad because I'm a I'm an old defenseman, but the last 18 and a half minutes were pretty much all Flames yep. for the uh, whole thing. Well, and a uh, strong night for Dustin Wolf. He picks up his second NHL victory and first NHL victory this season. Uh, let's uh, say hello. It's Steinberg, Corey Saric, Derek Wills with us, and now Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, to help us break this one down as well. Uh, uh, Barb's first of all, you're the goaltending coach. We can get to the game and, and overall the comeback, but what'd you make of uh, Dustin in his second start of the season? Yeah, he was solid. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, I said to him after the game, like he, uh, the important thing for him was he just kept playing. Like, you know, you get you give up too early and a lot of times you can start chasing the game and for him to just stay poised and stick with it and uh, just focus on, you know, the next save is, it was, it was important and he did a really good job with that. Uh, it was nice to see a uh, couple of big saves at the end of the game from the youngster as well, and I just thought he looked poised all night in, in in the crease, and he was really reactionary to a lot of the little scrambles around him. Um, have you guys had a lot of chance to work together, Barb's, on all those small little situations, the the tough crash and bang around the crease? Does he get a lot of practice at that stuff? I Well, for me, I haven't had a lot of time, obviously, with him because he's been with the Wranglers the last couple of years and uh but you know just his natural athleticism and athletic ability around the crease like he's such a explosive uh powerful guy and his skating ability and his edge work and his ability to track pucks in tight is uh elite which is why he's had a lot of success where he's been and um you know you guys brought up poise and that is what he was you know and that's what he's always been is he's always poised um you know especially for a younger guy at this level was pretty good tonight and just his ability to to uh keep pucks catch pucks get whistles slow the game down um you know that's 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 what you like to see and you just you know he's got to keep doing that so rasmus anderson and connor zary score to make it 2-1 and 2-2 respectively and then blake holman scores shorthanded he's now tied for the team leading goals with seven i think he's been one of the flames best players this season if you could talk about his game and talk about his season i'm with you i love cole's uh he's one of those he's one of those guys that just he does that. He does everything right. Like he, he, he's one of those guys that in the coaches' offices he never gets talked about because he's always doing things right. Like he, he never, he never takes a game off, a shift off. He's he's greasy. He he gets pucks back better than anybody. Like when the, when the puck's in the corner, he always seems to come out with it. He strips pucks. Like he just does all the little greasy things that that you like seeing. And um, it's awesome to see him get rewarded for it with uh, with with what did you say? Seven goals. Seven so goals now. Yeah. Uh, Jason LaBarbera is with us, Flames goaltending coach. 3-2 win over Carolina tonight. Tell us about the game. What uh, what did you think of 60, or do you just want to focus on the last 20? <laughs> your, uh, your choice. Yeah, I mean, the first two periods, there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was, you know, two, you know, tight-checking teams. Like, 
you know, Carolina is known for that sort of style. And, and uh, you know, I, there wasn't a lot, there really wasn't a whole lot going on either way. And to, to the guy's credit, and I think last time I was on here, he kind of said the same thing. Like, we hang around the game, you kind of stick with it. And, and we for whatever reason, we've been able to find ways to win in the third period. But I think that's the important thing is not like, say, last game where you kind of let the game get away from you. You just hang around the game and you get into the third period down a goal or two and, um, you know, the guys dig in and stick stick with the the game plan and the process, and they just we found ways to win games, which is which is a credit to the guys. It was good puck management by the Calgary Flames at at the end of that game. And Barb's, I'm just wondering, you know, in tight games, what's your what's your view on on your team and how you how you should you know close out these games? Do you like to see the guys be aggressive and force a lot, or would you rather see them, you know? Not be more conservative, but just do the right things. Obviously, do the right things with the pucks. But what do you guys talk about within the locker room when it comes to closing out a hockey game? I think, you know, you're, A, you have to trust your system and your structure, right? So it's even though it's six on five, you're still sort of playing the same way. So it's keeping guys tight. But you still got to, you know, it's like you still got to win your battles in the corners. You still got to win your 50-50 pucks. Um, you know, you still got to win your net front battles. You got to block shots. Like, all those sorts of things are important. Um, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to give the other team the whole lot of time and space, you know, you know, you can't run around six on five, obviously, but anytime the pucks on the, uh, you know, on the yellow or, or below the goal line, you gotta, you gotta find ways to kill plays. And, um, you know, I thought at the end, the guys did a good job of that. I'm sure you guys would still like a little stronger start than we got tonight, <laughs> but that is now eight come from behind wins and six third period comeback wins this season. That's pretty incredible when you consider the fact the Flames had an NHL low two third period comebacks last season. Yeah, I, I, I think I said last time I was on here. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, you know, the fact that we don't have great, that we haven't had great starts, even though we talk about it ad nauseum, <laughs> and, but we have good finishes. So it's like it's a. Uh, well, I say it's I, not how you start; it's how you finish. Yeah, right? for sure. I mean, it's a good thing in that sense. You know that the guys do, like I said, stick with it. But you know, at the same time, chasing games is tough. Yeah, uh, it's it's tiring for guys. You you, you overplay guys because you're you know you're looking for goals or spark or whatever, and it takes some guys out of the game. And um, you know it's tough to play that way c- consistently. So obviously the starts are. I mean, like I said, we've talked we talk about it lots, and um, you just got to keep chipping away at it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Barb's. Appreciate it as always. Hey, no problem, guys. Thank you. It's Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, joining us here post game following a Flames comeback win 3 2 over the Carolina Hurricanes. Our Flames Talk post game show well underway. Derek Wills, Corey Sarich. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, a few things to uh, dive in on. We got lots to talk about on the phone lines and the text line tonight. Our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were talking about uh, Dustin Wolf's second NHL start this season, third NHL start of his career. I, uh, I heard Sarchi chirping my three stars for not getting <laughs> you could, Wolf you could hear that from all the way up uh, there. I, can, I could hear it from all the way up there. Um, I, I always say it's one person. Like, if you're going to get one person it's to a choose thankless three job. stars, you, like, always thankless. Yeah. But he, you're right. He could have been. And, uh, and, and I thought about it. Just as like, it's a one-goal game. And probably got to get a Carolina player in there. Carolina played really well through forty. They sure did. But Dustin Wolf, Wilsey, that was a, that was a heck of an outing. Yeah. I I'll say this, from what I saw tonight, there's no doubt who's starting on Saturday afternoon against New Jersey. I'm going right back to Dustin. He was really strong tonight. Yeah, I mean when the Flames surrendered the first goal for the eighth straight game and then gave up another one before the end of the first period, 
And I'm not sure he had a chance in either one. No. They almost needed him to slam the door shut in the final 40 minutes. And that's exactly what he did. Pretty impressive for uh, a rookie goaltender uh, playing against a team that finished second overall last season, that went to the Eastern Conference final last season to do that, especially with the inspired hockey the Hurricanes played, especially in the first 40 minutes tonight. I do wonder if the back-to-back kind of caught up with them a little bit in the third period when the Flames really did ramp up their game, but he was just so calm, cool, and collected in there. And one of the things I've enjoyed watching with Dustin Wolf because he is an undersized goaltender by NHL standards, and especially in comparison to the other goaltenders the Flames have. Jacob Markstrom is 6'6", Dan Vladar's 6'5". And I was saying to you late in the game, Corey, that uh, usually when there's traffic in front, Markstrom and Vladar will try to look over players. He has to look under or around or through players, and he does such a great job getting low and tracking pucks. And because he's undersized, he has to be so strong technically. He has to be so smart. And normally you don't talk about a goaltender having a high hockey IQ, but I really think that Dustin Wolf does. And as Ryan Huska told us this morning when we chatted with him, he does such a great job with rebound control. I loved his game tonight. And, Pat, I'm with you. And this is no disrespect to Dan Vladar, who gave him a chance two nights ago. I'd go right back to Dustin Wolf yep. Saturday afternoon. And Pat, I know you didn't really like the full package from the Calgary Flames tonight. You've you've mentioned that, but I have to say it just looked way more um, controlled and locked down though than what we've seen in the in the previous two games for me. I just thought that the second period, even though it was a little bit of a stalemate at times, it were, there were some building blocks in there, and they were positionally fairly sound and I liked their work ethic tonight I thought that even though they had some bad breaks early on the goals that seemed to find the back of the net they just stuck with it and they kept going and kept going and kept pushing and again third period they came out and I thought they completely dominated yeah, so for sure um yeah not not their best but I just thought as the whole game went on it trended positively throughout which Hey, I guess if you're going to come back all the time, that's what's got to happen. I I do have one question for you guys. Um, If you're Rod Brindamore, does this loss bother you more than last night's loss? Which one? No. No? No. This one might uh, this one might sting more, yeah. Because uh, I, I'd be curious. Like you're the guy who played in the league, uh, but this one feels like it might sting more because you had. It felt like you were in pretty good control, and it slipped away. Whereas last night it was over before it started. This this one might hurt a little bit more, but I wonder as a coach if you're more upset about how poor you were all night against Edmonton. Last yeah. night he called his team brutal. I, I don't think he's going to call his team brutal tonight. You're right, Pat. It's probably going to hurt that they let a 2 nothing third period lead slip away, but I thought they played pretty close to a perfect road game for 40 minutes and maybe ran out of gas in the third. Well, and that's but that's what you wonder, and you're coming off of two losses yeah. as them tonight, and all of a sudden things kind of unravel for them yeah. in the third, and they give up another shorthanded goal, their seventh of the year, and that can't sit very well with a guy who prided himself on his defensive play Fair. in Rod Brindamore. So for me, um, I think it's going to be uh, a tough march off to Vancouver for the Carolina Hurricanes. I will say when uh, the Anderson goal went in, so the Flames got a nice bounce on that one, kind of bounced right out to him. Kachetkov, who definitely wants the two, the two, maybe the last two back, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, 
mean, it was still a breakaway opportunity for Rizicka that snuck through him, but if it sneaks through you, you're going to want it back as a goalie. But I saw Brindamore's face after the 2-1 goal. I was looking at the Sportsnet telecast. I got it right beside me. He was looking down, and he was just shaking his head, and I was like, whoa, he looks a little concerned. Like He was just shaking his head, and he was like, I can't believe they just scored. Because it felt like he knew that they didn't do enough and I'm maybe reading way too much from a three-second clip of a coach that they always show after a goal against. But um, I just it felt like it felt like for Carolina they didn't do enough when they were maybe a little better in the first 40 minutes. They only had the two-goal lead. Credit to Dustin Wolf for being able to make it so it was only two a few times. But it, it just it kind of felt like you're like okay, I don't know if I'm so comfortable now that they've scored this goal to make it two-one. And it snowballed from there. Yep. So he uh, probably has every right to react that way and feel a little awkward. One thing that really impressed me tonight, the Hurricanes have been the best possession team in the league for a number of years and are number one again this season. The Flames dominated them in possession. Well, overall, at, at, at five on five, they ended up being underwater. They were 47 and a half at uh, five on five. So the power play definitely helps with that. It definitely does. And also the fact that the Flames were disciplined and only gave the Hurricanes yep. one power play. So if I'm looking at the whole 60 minutes here, that's pretty impressive against a Hurricanes team that came in number one in the league in shots for and number one in the NHL in shots against. So uh, and early in the first period, the Flames fell way behind. And I said to you during the broadcast, Corey, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised. The Hurricanes are number one in both categories and are dominating early in this hockey game. But the Flames, to their credit, uh, did tonight what they've done uh, on so many nights this season. Uh, And that's fall behind, which is far from ideal. But then just kind of stick with it and build as the game goes on and and find a way to to win. You know, last season you could argue that... uh, they played a pretty consistent brand of hockey, but what they didn't do is consistently win. This season, they've been a little bit more up and down, less so since the start of November, but they've done a much better job finding ways to win one-goal games and games that go to overtime or shootouts. Well, overtime, not shootouts. And and to battle back. It, it's just something they didn't do last season, and at the end of the day, it probably cost them a playoff spot. Yeah, and it's funny with... The stats that you guys just mentioned, like the possession time and all that, it's hard to believe that the Calgary Flames power play pushed that over the top. Because, yes, you do get a lot of touches, but they spent a lot of time tracking back down the ice to retrieve that puck and try and re-enter. And that was probably the one sore spot for the Flames tonight. But I guess on the bright side of the sore spot, you're going to have to stay out of the stay out of the box if your power play is not going. They actually didn't give Carolina any opportunities there to try to win that special teams battle, and that's that's good discipline play by the Calgary Flames. And then hey, you get a shorty on top of it all to uh, cap off the evening. Um, it's uh, it was a, it was a nice to see the whole third period go the Flames' direction. Still and won again, the, uh, special teams battle yeah. as a result, and got that call. Um, to have the goal overturned as well. That was a crucial meant, part of that I meant third to period. I ask Barbs about that because I, ima- I would have imagined that he would have been pretty instrumental on that one as well. Him and Jamie Pringle, yeah. It looked, it looked we were down here watching, and it was like, yeah, I think that one's coming back. That one felt pretty obvious. Kelly Rudy on the Sportsnet telecast was very adamant that it's coming back. I was like, yeah, it, I, it, it looked pretty obvious You just to me. never know, though. I know. With I mean, the it's situation always... room. There have been goals I've been 99% sure they were going to get overturned or not overturned, and it's gone the other way, and you're like, okay, well, it's it's gray. It's not black or white, 
and uh, obviously the, the people in the Situation Room are either seeing it differently than we are, or they've got different angles uh, to, to look at than we do, but that's a great challenge. I'd like to see their list of criteria, too, for every different situation <laughs> as they're filtering through that and, read, and yeah. looking at the video to match up and see if it meets all, all said uh, direction and accountability. But, uh, no, they, uh, they did a nice job tonight, and that was a huge point in that game. Uh, well, let's uh, select tonight's hardest working flame. It's brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Final piece of business for Sarchi to take care of before we get some final thoughts and hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Uh, Corey, which way are you going for the hardest working flame tonight? Well, again, I'd like to give an <laughs> honorable mention, and I may have already, you know, let the cat out of the bag earlier, but the, I'm, the wolf out of the bag. <laughs> the wolf out of the bag. Uh, Why are we putting animals in bags? <laughs> <laughs> Connor Zari, great game again tonight. Uh, Derek mentioned, and we watched him in the second period. His poise with the puck, so good. Not only just in the offensive zone, but in his own zone. He made a couple of critical plays uh, to get a couple of breakouts for the Calgary Flames, especially early in that third period. Uh, there was one distinct play where he reversed against traffic in his own zone, fed it over to Tanev, and out of the zone they go. And then he was super busy up ice again, and he gets a bit of a garbage goal tonight. But, hey, deservedly so when you're, when you're, when you're making hay. But I got, to, uh, I got to give it to Dustin Wolf. You know, it's his, is that his first win? First meaningful win. First Second meaningful win. win. And it couldn't have come at a bigger time for the Calgary Flames. Um, he steps in after two losses in a row, tough start to the night, and he was just rock solid and battled all night long in the net. So he deserves it after not picking up a star tonight. <laughs> Dustin Wolf is your – you can choose stars next game. Uh, <laughs> Dustin Wolf is your hardest-working flame and uh, well-chosen, I think. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. I'm going I'm to have your back for a minute here, Pat. How many times when we're calling road games and it's a one-goal game, do the people at other arenas choose three stars from the home team? When clearly it would have been very easy to pick one guy and make him the third star from the visiting team. So Pat, to his credit, isn't a homer like so many of the other people around the league that pick three stars. And regardless, I've seen there have been games that we've called in the past where the home team is lost and... and the, all three stars have been from the home team. We're like, what game were you watching? <laughs> so Pat, in a one-goal game, felt like he should give one of the three stars to oh, round uh, someone of, from round the visiting of applause. team. Round of applause. I don't know if I need a round of applause. I don't Not a homer, Pat Steinberg. <laughs> it's official. Well, ask the text line. I either hate the Flames or all I do is defend the flame. So you you tell me what, what I am. Um, okay. Let's, You're not uh, a homer. Someone some on the text line would vehemently disagree with you. Um, we will see you boys on Friday at practice. Before we say goodbye, though, let's get some final thoughts. Another comeback win, 3-2 over a good Carolina team tonight. Sarchi, uh, final thoughts starting with you. Keep working on your starts. <laughs> oh, boy. I sure, I'm sure the coaching staff around here is getting really tired about answering all those questions. Um, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep having to come from behind. 
But again, if there's a bright light to tonight, it was it was good work ethic. It was these guys sticking to their game plan, and they truly believe in themselves. Like if there's one thing that can bind a team, it's having some being dealt some crap and actually dealing with it and coming out on the other side. And they've dealt with a, lo- a losing a massive losing streak this year. This was another one at home where that started well for this homestand, hit a r- bit of a rough patch, and now they've straightened it out a little bit here with this win. And um, I'm just trying to think of a couple other things tonight. I thought there was, you know, some some good performances from guys that were put back in the lineup. Uh, I thought Possible had good energy tonight. I thought Dennis yeah. Gilbert, who struggled in his last outing, was rock solid again for for the guys. So we talked about the third pairing before the game, Pat. I think they got it right tonight. Solovyov looked good as well, and then good effort from the the front lines of the Calgary Flames as well. It was just uh, overall well-rounded performance. I'll start between the pipes. Uh, I thought Dustin Wolf played well enough to be one of the three stars. <laughs> Just kidding, Pat. No, he was definitely uh, good enough to be Corey's hardest working flame. Uh, he was really good. Uh, he gives up two goals in the first period. That could rattle a rookie goaltender playing in his first meaningful game in front of his fans here at Scotiabank Saddledome, but it didn't. He closed the door on a really good Hurricanes team in the final 40 minutes. He gave the Flames a chance to come from behind to win. So a really strong performance for Dustin Wolf, and I'm anxious to see if he gets a second straight start on Saturday when the Flames wrap up this six-game homestead uh, against another good team in the Devils. And, yeah, the starts are going to have to be better moving forward. There's no doubt about it. Tonight's start wasn't as bad as Tuesday's start, but... I would say it still wasn't good enough. You fall behind by a couple of goals and, and you have to battle back. But, you know, that's the great thing for this team is that last year's team just, they didn't seem to have those intangibles that they needed to fight back. Uh, belief and confidence and swagger. This year's bindaway Flames have those things. And that's eight come from behind wins. That's six third period comeback wins. They had two all of last season. Wrap your head around that. They've played 26 games, and they have three times as many third-period come-from-behind wins as they did in 82 games last season. This team is just finding ways, even when they don't have their A game. Uh, They've been able to win with their B game from time to time. So uh, a lot of fun to watch that third period, and uh, the unsung hero does it again for the Flames, Blake Holman, just having maybe a career year. I talked to him this morning and said, is this the best hockey you've ever played? And he said, I don't know if it's the best, probably the best since I signed with the Flames, but he played some great hockey when he won two Stanley Cups with the Lightning, so that bar is pretty high. But uh, now tied for the team leading goals with seven, scores a shorthanded goal that turns out to be the game winner. And uh, between him and Dustin Wolf and uh, a handful of other guys, uh, Flames had a lot of heroes in this come-from-behind win, and it was, it was fun to watch. See you, boys. Uh, see you at practice tomorrow. Have a good rest of your Thursday night. Thanks, good night, Pat. Pat. Corey Sarch, Derek Wills, signing off on this Thursday. Flames win 3-2 over the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska right now. So, coach, they did it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, how do you look at this whole thing in terms of how sustainable this is? Uh, I mean, we... You don't you don't want to chase games. We talk about it a lot for sure, but um, the resolve and the you know, courage, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, these guys have it. And they continue to play hard. So I, I didn't mind our start, I and mean, we were down two nothing off two deflections. Um, 
part of that is is detail about making sure you're in shot lanes and under sticks at the front of the net. But uh, I didn't mind our start other than the score. Was there a specific point in the game where you felt the game kind of shifted to your team's advantage? I thought in the second period um, there was a lot of putting pucks behind them, and I thought they looked like they started to wear down a little bit. And then in the third period, I thought our guys played with even more pace and more speed, and I think we made it harder on them. What's, what does it say about Dustin, him putting that those first two behind him and, and being like a wall the rest of the way? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's what makes him a good goaltender. Like he's got... Um, an unflappable swagger, if that makes any sense, where um, whether he's he's let five or six in, doesn't change him. If he lets one in, doesn't change him. If he lets none in, doesn't change him. So, um, you know, he obviously grew up <laughs> the right way or learned some lessons early on as a goaltender and how to turn a page and flush it if something goes by you because he does a really good job at that. You say, well, the way Rasmus Anderson's kind of playing. Um, I, I think Ross has been, he's been a little bit in and out, but I, I thought his game tonight was starting to come a little bit. So when he moves his feet, um, he's dynamic. So he gets himself going in the offensive zone. A lot of times gives us some headaches because he ends up behind the net a lot. But at the same time, he breaks down coverage when he does that. But the telltale sign when Ross is playing is if his feet are moving. When his feet are moving, there aren't too many guys that are better than him. What have you made of Blake Coleman's offensive contributions this year? Um, he's been he's been clutch or key for us. Um, you know, we talked in the summer a little bit about still finding a way to chip in, um, and we would need that from him. And um, he feels there's a level that he can still get to. And you know, that part of his game since he's been here has gone away a little bit. But I think we, if we go back and talk about. Blake, the competitiveness that he's had, the leadership that he's brought to the table, and I, I think that he feels like he's he's a big part of pushing the team forward. And whatever the situation, like shorthanded goal tonight, winning that faceoff maybe is the more important thing in, in our minds, but he's doing all the little things well for us, and that's so, so key. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska postgame following tonight's 3-2 comeback win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, our Flames Talk postgame show is well underway. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. Give us a call. Fire us a text. We'll get to your calls and texts around the corner. Flames Talk postgames on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Flames Talk post-game rolls on following a Flames 3-2 comeback win over, who did they beat tonight? The Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I, it was Mackenzie Weger, uh, I think it was after the Dallas game where they came back last week where he said, yeah, for us it wouldn't be a win if it wasn't a comeback. Well, he's right. The last three games, uh, they, they've won three on this homestand, and all three of them have been come-from-behind victories. Comeback win over Vegas. Comeback win over Dallas. And tonight, uh, trail 2 nothing after 40 minutes of play. Comeback win over Carolina. So, in that sense, right now, it isn't a win unless the Flames find a way to come back, and they did so tonight. As we continue along, it's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. 
Uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. We'll get there very shortly. A um, few things that I thought stuck out in this game. I, I did think Dustin Wolf had himself a really strong game. And here's here's why I didn't pick him as a three-star. I know we had the, the little joke earlier on the, the Flamestock uh, postgame. And if Sarchi's on his way home listening, um, this one's for you. But, no, here, here's why I didn't. I thought he had a really strong game. Thought he was really strong and and gave the team an opportunity to win. But the one thing that I will say is that even though I did not love Calgary through their first 40 minutes, I, I will say they did a pretty good job of limiting damage uh, because they actually were able to be as dangerous, if not a little bit more dangerous than. Carolina was in that in those first 40 minutes like Carolina dominated at five on five territorially and had a as a shot volume team that's what they do but I thought Calgary did a nice job of defending intelligently and you know Sarchi talked a little earlier about positioning and and how he liked their work ethic and I think that was a big part of it um they they were well positioned defensively they did a nice job limiting damage it was tough for Carolina to get to the middle in those first 40 minutes so they scored the two goals to make it two nothing they had the lead Carolina seemed content to try it on the second half of a back-to-back close out a two nothing lead but the Flames did a nice job of not allowing it to get any further than that um, and and I thought again that's not taking anything away from Wolf I thought Wolf was great he shut the door in the final 40 I'm going back to Dustin all day every day Saturday against New Jersey but I just thought that the Flames and then in the third period they really took things over Wolf had to make some big stops and and had three or four of them that kept it absolutely at 2 nothing Carolina I thought Wolf was really good tonight that's just kind of the uh, I, I thought it was actually uh, a pretty solid game defensively for the Flames, even though they were forced to defend a little bit too much tonight, and then obviously took things over in the third. Uh, I really liked all night long, I really liked the Kadri line. I thought Kadri was actually their best skater tonight, or him or Coleman. Uh, they were both noticeable all night and uh, well-deserved the way Coleman played to get the goal and an assist, including the game winner, because I thought he was really strong all night, skated well, had opportunities, was playing with a little edge, uh, and I thought Kadri was really strong again, drove that line, thought Pospis came back tonight after being sat for the one game as a healthy scratch and and came back with a lot more edge and a lot more pace to his game so that was important but I just thought Kadri was uh, really really important in keeping the team close whenever the Flames had some opportunities so in the first 40 I felt like they were um, uh, their their opportunities and their stretches where they were dangerous were bursts and, and came in fits and starts but when they did, it was usually the Kadri line who was on it, and it was usually Kadri who was generating. So I thought Nazem was great all night, and I thought Zari, Zari and, and Pospisil were good compliments on that line once again. So I thought that was really strong. Um, so those would be kind of some of the other takeaways uh, from this 3-2 win over Carolina. Let's get to tonight's save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Dustin Wolf picks up his save of the game in period number two. Hannafin will send the puck out to center to Dubé. Gets to the Hurricanes line and is pulled off the puck by Nason. And now Burns springs Martin. Speeds it up the left wing side. Spins and drops. And now stolen with a one-timer. Great save by Wolf. 
little editorial from uh, producer Azam. I like that. Uh, and, and very well, uh, very well fitting. We were doing the howls all day earlier today. Uh, Dustin Wolf, that's his save of the game. That ends up being, when it's all said and done, one of the 20, uh, 30 stops made by Dustin Wolf tonight. And that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Let's hear from Dustin right now, post game, after his 30 save win over the Carolina Hurricanes. How'd you feel up there today? Felt confident um, after those first two go in. Uh, you know, they, they did a good job of getting through on screens and getting shots through. And uh, My objective for the rest of the game was to challenge myself to, to fight through those even harder than I was. And, um, you know, the D did a great job of boxing out for the last two periods and um, made my life really easy. How, how do you reset after uh, allowing those quick two goals? How do you, how do you refocus in there? Yeah, you just got to focus on the next shot. Um, you know what? Goals are bound to go in at some point. Right? It's, it's the nature of the game, but um, you got to have the resilience here to, to give your team on the uh, the coach's challenge, is there any doubt in your mind that was coming back? No, I thought for sure as soon as I seen the replay, and obviously I felt it, the contact, and um, it's obviously definitely very clear. Thankful for that. You got a big reaction from the crowd. Do you hear it? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty special, right? I have only played a couple of games, and to hear how much they they cherish their goaltenders, it's uh, something unheard of. There was a moment in the third where like you just came out of your crease. To kind of clear a puck, and it felt like the crowd went nuts. Like it seems like they're, they're, they're all they're, they're all in it. It's good to see them engaged. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know what I'm just trying to do my job, and um, you know if they like to come and watch me do my thing, then then that's that. But I just try to do my stuff. Do you have an adjustment period going back and forth between the HL and the NHL? Sometimes, like would a game like Tuesday help you get prepared for a start tonight? Yeah, I mean any extra minutes in the, in the National Hockey League is going to help, right? It's um, you know, American League and NHL are two different leagues with uh, credit to, to guys who are a lot bigger and stronger and, and obviously older. So, um, no, as soon as I get like, a couple skates on me, I feel really good. Thanks. Having fun? I mean, you're, you know, a couple of, on Sunday you were in like kind of a track meet against Anderson. And now you're here in the middle, you know, playing for an NHL team in the middle of a, a playoff race. Are you having fun? Is it exciting for you? Yeah, this is a gift every each and every day. And um, anytime you get a call to, to come play with, with Hooker, it's, it's a blessing. And um, try to take every moment and uh, grab the most of it. And um, you know, try to have a smile on my face while you're there you go. Dustin Wolf post game following his first win of the season. His record improves to one and one with a 30 stop outing against the Carolina Hurricanes this evening. Okay. Flames talk post game well underway. Let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 969.60. This says, Pat, do you think it would be okay if the Flames spotted two goals to their opponent, started the game in the third, and then took their chances? Um, I don't I don't think that that would be allowed. But a lot of nights it feels like that's kind of the way the Flames go about their business. Um, and look, I, I didn't love them through 40. And, and it was more just the reason why I said that this one I didn't see coming is I, I just felt like Carolina felt looked really in control. It was less about Calgary being poor. I didn't think they were great. They looked a little disjointed. Um, but I think a lot of that was the way Carolina played. I mean, Carolina's 
coming off a year where they were in the Eastern Conference Final, and I know that they, they didn't have Svechnikov tonight. They were on the second half of a back-to-back, but I thought they played really well through 40 and were a big reason why the Flames looked a little disjointed. But it just it felt like Carolina was in full control, and then it kind of unraveled on them in a six-minute span, and it's 3-2 Calgary just like that. So um, that that's maybe more. It felt more like the Hurricanes, who I've got a really high opinion of as a team. It just didn't feel like they would be the type of group to let it unravel to the degree that it did tonight. But credit the Flames for, even as Connor Zary told us to kick off our Flames Talk post game that, they knew they were on the second half of a back-to-back. The Flames weren't. They came out. They really wanted to make them skate. They got to their speed game and felt like they had played a really uh, big part in the victory this evening. Uh, this says from Ash, Rick Ball mentioned that Carolina was tied for the league lead in allowing shorthanded goals, but just seconds before Coleman scored, I would say he used his crystal ball to foreshadow that goal. I see what you did there. Rick Ball, crystal ball. I like that. Bad pun aside, great games by Wolf and Coleman. I'll also admit that Rizicka was solid tonight. Uh, yeah, Rizicka was the guy who got the bump when the Flames went down to 10 forwards tonight. Dylan Dubé and A.J. Greer both only had one shift in the third period when Ryan Huska shortened his bench, which he's been prone to do, especially in situations like this when they are trailing after 40. And Rizicka got the bump at times. He, he especially got the bump when Pospisil went down the tunnel after that blocked shot and was out for four or five shifts. So Rizicka went up and played with Kadri and and Zeri and Rizicka was the one who um, didn't start it because it was a nice up pass from Anderson right to Kadri who made a great play to Rizicka. Rizicka didn't beat Kachetkov but almost beat him and if it wasn't for Zeri there to knock I don't know it felt like it might still go in anyway but Zeri was there to make sure it did but yeah Rizicka had a solid game as the night went along really thought that that fourth line struggled in the the first I don't know 30 minutes or so but I thought Rizicka um, in the third period had himself a really solid night this says Pat I'm impressed with how the Flames played in the third the comeback wins remind me of the 14-15 season with 14 back then. I was fortunate enough to be at Game 3 versus Anaheim where the Flames came back to win in overtime thanks to Backlund. However, they can't keep doing this. It will catch up eventually. And it feels like it is starting to catch up to them. I mean, you take a look at Saturday and Tuesday, um, it did catch up to them. And they're still... Here's the thing. You know, we can... We can celebrate these comebacks if we want or we can um, we can talk about the poor starts whatever however you want to look at it but here's the fact of the matter this is still a mediocre hockey team when you take a look at their record they're 11 12 and 3 they're below 500 and out of the playoffs so they are they will lose more games than they win when trailing after four after 40 minutes of play at the end of the season and so limiting the number of times that they do that is going to be key and they are not going to come back all the time and so when you're an 11 12 and 3 team you are eventually going to just doesn't matter how much magic you have you're still going to have nights where you can have all that magic and the other team will just have the lead and they'll be better than you or do enough to win, kind of like what happened Saturday against Vancouver. So they're great, but also stop putting yourself in that situation. Two things can be true at the same time time when it comes to this stuff um this says from that's pat first off i'm howling for wolf are you one thing i'd like to hear you and maybe even vickers touch on is how husk is an economist behind his bench his currency is ice time and rather than a blender it feels like calculated in-game 
investments and sells on players. Too early to say how he's been behind the bench for me, but I really enjoy his way of buying, selling, and sticking with the stocks in-game each night. How do you feel about this economist approach? Uh, oh, that comes from Vats. Um, that was a really weak um, howl, but still I did it anyway. Um I uh oh so Azam's got me uh Azam's got me covered instead. Nice. Now people uh now uh, I like that. A good uh, a good howl and and Azam has me there on uh, on the Vats howl. Um I actually do. I I appreciate the way I think Ryan's done a nice job more often than not of kind of knowing who's going and as I, I like the way Vats puts it kind of being an economist or, or being a day trader on it like he knows who's going I think he's got a really good feel on his bench I wonder if he learned some of that from Daryl Sutter who is also a really good in-game bench manager and and I think it's it's worked more often than not on that front with Ryan Huska and he uh, plays the guys who's going he saw for instance in the third period tonight um, sometimes Huberto went up with Kadri and then Huberto was back playing with Backlund and Coleman. So, yeah, I, uh, I I think it is. I agree with you, Vats. I think it's one of the better things that he does in-game behind the bench. Uh, this from Noah in Vernon. It's incredible to me how calm Wolf is. That was, in my eyes, the proof in the pudding. The guy's ready. Fans have something to be very excited for, even if they don't get to see it much this season. Wolf's the real deal. Also, Connor Zary, I love you. That comes from Noah. Um, I don't think... I don't think that Connor needs to get a restraining order, but that was very, very adamant how much that that texture <laughs> Noah loves Connor Zary, who had himself a really strong game himself. I'm just kidding, Noah. Um... This from Dylan and Revy. Nothing quite as impressive to Murray as winning a game you had no business at all being close in. Can't blame Wolf on either goal. Made every save he was supposed to. Really starting to like Sharon Govich on the boards, which I didn't expect. Hope they keep him away from Manjapani, who is absolutely useless. First star to Solovyov for pulling the Messier. Have a ticklish evening, Pat. Of course, Solovyov did tell us that's a good point. I got to go back and pull that for Friday's Flamestock. Solovyov did tell us post-game on Tuesday, we're going to win on Thursday. That's a good point by Dylan. I forgot about that. Um, This from Stephanie in Varsity. So I was thinking maybe the Flames should hold a practice game about 40 minutes before their NHL game starts. Uh, Love Coleman and Zary, the usual heroes. Uh, And, of course, that uh, making reference to if if they started 40 minutes earlier, then maybe they'd be ready to rock and roll on time. And then a lot of questions about Solovyov and Wolf at the end of the game, what they showed. That's their American League tradition. They uh, do a similar thing uh, with the water in uh, in the in the AHL. So they've been doing that going back to uh, last year, I believe. So it's a bit of an American League Calgary Wranglers tradition for Solovyov and Wolf. And so they uh, just carried it over to the NHL in this game tonight, which was pretty cool to see. Text line remains open. Lots more text to get to. Uh, uh, keep them coming in at 960-960, but let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. 3-2 final score. Flames beat the Carolina Hurricanes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Wedley is first up on the phone lines tonight. What's up, Wed? Oh, not much, man. So, how, so Pat, the Flames homer, why do you hate the team so much? I have to I know, cover both spectrums. <laughs> I know, I know. I guess I it guess always, that means that I'm doing my job somewhat well. I don't know. 
I, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I, I say it every day. I couldn't do your job, especially after the last show. I know he's passionate, but the five minutes of yelling, I'm like, oh, my. And it just kept going and going. But I know you guys have a good relationship. I've met him at Shanks with you. He's a nice guy. So that uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, he, I don't mean to laugh at your expense. He's but, yeah. a, I, it was, it's fine. I'm, yeah. Robert and I are fine. Yeah, well, he's a lot nicer than Randy, whoever Randy is these days, but, yeah. yeah we, haven't, no, we, we only good. heard from Randy the one time. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for that. What was that guy's name, Tom? The Martin Jones guy to call, because Martin Jones got called up because Wall was oh, hurt. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Oh. So we'll see, we'll see. But, uh, no, I'll talk about the game here. Um, I'm happy for Dustin Wolf, you know, well, who isn't? You know, I've been following this guy since the draft with an interesting story. And I know you told it before. Who was the one that pushed for him again in the scouting team? Oh, now I don't remember. I can't remember. Uh, Jeez. If if somebody's listening who does remember, um, let me know. Because now off the top of my head, I don't remember who it was. Oh, that's okay. I'll I'll see if I can get it for you before the end of the the call. Oh, it's all good, man. Like, you know, there were some ridiculous comments being made about Wolf last year. I think it was last year in the preseason. He had two goals and people were getting on his height. I'm like... It's preseason, people. Are you kidding me? But every win he gets, every start he gets, he's just proven the Flames right and a lot of people wrong. And I know it's still early, and but the poise he shows, like even after the second goal, you can just tell he's not frustrated. He's not getting nervous. He's just like, okay, let's just keep at it, keep the team in it. And, and I'm hoping for great things for him, you know, height, Mike Vernon was who was my favorite goalie growing up, and he wasn't a tall guy either. It's like, it's not always all about height. I know I get why t- teams love the big goalies, but I think poise and character all come into play too. And the guy is battle tough. He's he's ready. He knows if he was a couple more inches taller, he would have been a first round pick, right? But I'm really happy for him. Um, it's nice to see, especially with Twitter melting down when we were down two nothing. How the season's <laughs> over, fire everybody, trade everybody, and then third period. I'm like, come on, guys. They've, they're coming back. At least at least wait till halfway through the third before melting down. But anyways. It was oh, by the way, and, and, and before you move on, I do have your yeah. answer. I, I, knew, I knew that I was going to get a few texts immediately, and I, I did. So yeah. uh, on quite good authority. Uh, Rob Sumner uh, was the oh, okay. area scout who pushed really hard. And Todd Button, uh, the director of yeah. amateur scouting, uh, was also really big on it. Um, and, oh, okay. and so they were the two that really pushed. And I, I remember the story. They're like, okay, we're, we're – I don't remember. I wasn't at the draft table, obviously, yeah. but I remember. I remember the story being told. Was like, okay, seventh round. We're we're picking this guy. He's still here. So Rob Sumner, Todd Button, and even uh, listening to how adamant Jordan Sigalette was, the director of goaltending, when he's told the story about what they really yeah. liked about him leading up to the draft. And the other story that I'll tell is that uh, it was Aaron Vickers and I who were sitting there in the rafters in Vancouver uh, for mm-hmm. the 2019 draft, and we're just waiting for the draft and the flames have one more pick and you don't usually yeah. expect a seventh rounder to still be there but west coast mm-hmm. guy played in everett he drafts in vancouver you're like okay um yeah but at the time you're like oh geez because there was a massive roar from 
one corner his of family. the arena because uh, yeah. it was Dustin and his family, and he got drafted. Yeah. So he was right there, and then he came down and, and got the jersey on and got to meet everybody. So that was also a really cool part of it that the place, the place Rogers Arena was almost empty by this time because mm-hmm. we were in round seven, and yet there you hear the huge roar when Dustin got uh, selected, which was pretty neat as well. Well, I was mowing my lawn listening to my Walkman. I heard it through the radio. I'm like, what was that? And I didn't know right away. So I was like, oh, that was his family. Because you could hear it from a little bit of a distance. I was like, did something happen? (laughs) I didn't think, you know, but that was a really cool moment. So I'm hoping he has a great career, and I'm hoping he gets more chances here. But uh, the one guy I do feel sorry for is Bladar. I see it all over online. People are shipping him out already. But there was, I don't I guess you probably didn't see it, or maybe you did. On TV, they showed Sozari made that mistake on the power play. The guy that went right to him was like, you know, patting him and keeping his confidence up was Vladar. And I, whether it's him, most likely it'll be him that moves on. But the guy wants to be here. The guy cares. He's still trying, even after getting pulled last game. And that means a lot to me, even if he gets moved, because we've had a lot of guys of late who don't want to be here, even though they said they did. But that was a really cool moment. So I hope people ease up a little bit on get rid of Ladar. While he's here, he's here. Cheer him. Well, and the one thing that I'll say on on the whole thing is that Dustin wants to be in the NHL, and yeah. a lot of Flames fans want to be in the NHL, uh, want him yeah. in the NHL. They probably also want to be in the NHL themselves. Uh, yeah. the, and the Flames, the Flames want Dustin Wolf to be in the NHL, but heck, I do they, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But yeah. they for the time being, for the rest of this season, have the luxury of time. They've got an extremely dialed in and mentally tough, mentally dialed guy like Dustin. So you don't often get the luxury of time as a general manager or as a front office. And so Mm -hmm. if you're the Flames right now, you've got a hell of a team in the Wranglers. You've got a great team that's fighting for top spot overall in the American League again. And so if that's where he has to be for a few more months, you're okay with that and they have communicated all along I mean we've talked to Jordan Sigalette enough we've talked to Craig Conroy enough times it's not like it's not like Dustin Wolf's being left in the dark here and you know no. oh well maybe you'll come back up no they they've told him they have a plan for yeah. him and so and I've never met the guy but from what I've seen this on TV he doesn't seem like a diva type either he doesn't seem like he'll make it a big issue now, if he's not in the NHL next year, maybe that might be different. But he's well, and here's like a the thing: like guy. he went, yeah. he went down, and he was not mm-hmm. happy to go down to start the yeah. uh, to start the season. And Good. that's natural. You want yeah. that, right? You yeah. want him to be okay. Now I'm now I'm here to to prove him wrong, and that, that's a good thing. So, well, look at Zari. He wasn't happy to be sent down, and he's exactly. proving them right. So, so no, I, just, I have no problem with that. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I think it, when you have time and you have the luxury of, of having guys who are waiver exempt, sometimes you got to yeah. use it. And that waiver exemption expires at the end of this year. So if they mm-hmm. don't make a move before the trade deadline, well, we know that there will be a spot open for them next year. And there's still yeah. lots of time between now and the trade deadline. Anyway, oh, totally. back to you. Well, exactly. No, you nailed it right there. I'll let you get to other callers, but one last question. It's non-hockey related. Your expert Pat prediction. You're going to be tell the, the, what's Uh-oh. it called, Miss Madam Cleo. Where is Otani going to end up? Oh, he's going to the Blue Jays, 100. percent 100. percent All right. <laughs> I got I got to put it out there. Plus, I work for the the company who owns the Blue yeah. Jays. So he's going yeah. to the Blue Jays, 100. percent 110. percent Exactly. There you go. Thanks, oh, man. He's going to make that Pat money. Huh? That's awesome, man. Good to talk to you. Have a great night. Thanks, yeah. man. No, 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 no. I, all of a sudden, I'll I'll be uh, I won't be able to. 
use new pens if we sign if if the Jays rather sign Otani. Uh, pens? No, I won't be able to use new pens. It's got to go to Otani 600 mil. Uh, 403-240-4444 and uh, 960-960-403-240-4444 is your phone number. 960-960 is your text line. Let's continue right along following another comeback win. 3-2 over Carolina. George is up next. We didn't hear from you on uh, Tuesday. I figured George was too ticked off about the loss of the Wild, but we got him tonight. What's up, Georgie? Actually, I wasn't, buddy. I fell really ill, and actually I'm not, oh, well, that's even I'm not all the way better today but i i'm i can speak today so <laughs> well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're feeling at least a little bit better yeah thanks man so am i um can i just start off by saying azam is the man for playing the wolf howl that's exactly what i wanted to hear tonight patty that's exactly what i was t- good azam, job on you're, 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 you're on blast you need to know we need to hit it again oh he's on the phone oh there we go there we go he was on the he was on the phone. That's why it was a little quiet. Azam Azam's like me. He's got seven hundred different things going on at the same time. Uh, but yes, uh, that's well why done, he's Azam. the best, baby. That's why he's the yep. music to my ears, Patty. Music to my ears. Beautiful. Yeah, man. I'm I'm super happy for Dustin Wolf. I mean, to get a you know an actual meaningful win. I thought he was solid tonight. He deserved to get that win. And on a side note, he looks phenomenal doing it. I mean, look, man. This is my opinion. Best goalie gear in the NHL or the AHL with those blasty setups and then yeah. the Wranglers outlaw jerseys. Pretty unbelievable. Sick. It's one thing to play well. It's good to look good playing well as well. So kudos to him on that. Double points for him. Agreed. Those are That's a pretty sick kit. So I'm with you. I'm with a lot of people. I think he should start the next game too. Again, nothing against Ladar at all. Uh, that Minnesota loss was not on Bladar, but I think Wolfie should get the next start. Now, do you think he will get the next start? Yeah, I do. I, I would be stunned if he didn't. They they, they got to win games. Uh, Wolf plays back to back in the American League all the time. Like they'll 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 go into like Ontario or Henderson, play a Friday Saturday, and Wolf will play them both. So uh, I don't worry about his energy levels or anything like that. Um, on top of that, uh, he was really good tonight. So I think that you right now, the Flames are still below five hundred. They're still a team like record wise. They're still a pretty middle of the road or 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 below average team they got to get themselves above 500 they got to get themselves back into a playoff spot whether you're listening and think that that's the way they should be going about it or not is is immaterial Ryan Huska and Jason LaBarbera and the rest of that coaching staff they go into every game trying to put the best possible lineup out there because they're trying to win hockey games and win as many as they can so in saying that I think the way Dustin played tonight you look at it and say, who gives us the best chance to win Saturday against New Jersey? I think the answer is pretty clear uh, with the way Wolf played tonight. You got to go back to Dustin, and and I'm with you. That's not a knock on, um, that's not a knock on Vladar at all, who played just fine before getting pulled on Tuesday. But Wolf just played really well and snapped a two-game skid. I think it's easy to go back to him. Yeah. Plus, if, if I'm not mistaken, that's an afternoon game, right? So, and he's yeah. played quite a few afternoon games with the Wranglers. So, yeah. Yep. I don't know if that's immaterial or not, but, I, I mean, it can't hurt. No, I don't think that hurts either. They play afternoon games all the time in the in the American Yeah. League. Yeah, and Connor Zary, man, he's been a revelation for this team. When Lee brought it up, it's funny, the guy didn't wasn't even one of the last cuts um, in training camp, and then he comes up like a ball of fire, and he's been – like, let's be honest, he's been 
one of the most impactful players on this team, and it's his first year in the NHL. I mean, that is super impressive. He's exceeded my expectations thus far. So uh, the way the season's going right now, do you think he'll be part of the Calder Trophy conversation by year's end? I mean, what's he up to now? He's at uh, 12 points in 16 games. Yeah, I mean, if, Not shabby. if, he, continues, if he continues to be in a you know point-per-game-ish range, um, why not? Yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but the way he's playing right now, he's got to be in the conversation, man. I mean, he's, you know, it's it's been, it's been, it seems like it's been forever since we've had a rookie come up and make that kind of impact. Um, it hasn't really because, you know, Kachuk and then even even Dubé, but not like this is closer to Kachuk in terms of the impact, I think, with Zeri. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, he's, he's been, he's made a really big impact. And, and the, the difference is, and this is not taking anything away from Connor saying he shouldn't be in a Calder Trophy conversation, but the difference is with, with him and sorry, with Matthew Kachuk and with Sean Monahan, you know, those guys were 18 years old. Zeri's got two years in the American league under his belt. Right. And that, that really helps Very true. makes him. And I'm not, that's not to say that w- that's, that, that shouldn't be held against him. I'm just saying that I think that's helped him make a more immediate or larger impact because of the fact that he was way more prepared to jump into an NHL schedule and into NHL hockey. He's, he's had two really strong, one really strong and one kind of stunted half year in the American League and got off to a great start this year in the AHL and then got the opportunity to get recalled. Yeah, very true. And he, and again, not a flag towards the other two players, obviously, because they were very important parts of the Flames organization. But Connor Zeri wasn't drafted sixth overall either. Yep. So, um, a very important question, Patty, for my final one. But I have to know, what did George Canyon do to our dear friend Robert? This is a mystery I, I need to know. I don't know. I am, it's very disturbing. We need to find out, and if he, in fact, did upset Robert, Mr. Canyon knows him an apology, but we need to find out what happened. Yeah, one of these days, we'll we'll get to the bottom of that. All right, man. Listen, uh, good talking to you. It was a fun game, a nice win. Excited for Wolf. Excited for his future. I've been a big believer since we drafted him, and I really think he's going to be an NHL starter one day. So uh, it was nice talking to you, my friend, and I hope you have a good night. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 3-2 win over Carolina. Teeman is up next. What's going on, Teeman? Hey, Pat. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, I just wanted to say, because I think Lindholm's been kind of like, you know, he's not been the usual Lindholm we've seen this year. So what if, like, we tried to put Zari up there? Because I think Zari best emulates, like, what kind of Goudreau brought to the line with that skill and the ability to carry the puck into the zone. Like I know um, Husker probably doesn't want to split up the Kadri Pospisil and Zari line, but I think like you got to get Lindholm going here. Cause like, you know, it, it's too many games where he's, he's just anonymous offensively. And if we're going to trade him, we need to have his value like as high as it can be, or, you know, he just needs to play well because he's our number one center. So you're saying maybe put Zeri up there with Lindholm and Sharon Govich type thing? Yeah, uh, even take like Sharon Govich up one. Like I think Sharon Govich is, is playing great. Like he's, you know, it's not a demotion at all. But I think like having two hardworking wingers with Lindholm kind of diminishes his skills, if you know what I mean. Because 
when you had like the Chuck and Goudreau, those guys are like 100-point players, right? Like those guys are elite skilled players, and I think Lindholm was able to do the dirty work on that line, right? So I think maybe adding two skilled guys might help Lindholm, might help like get him going. I, I actually like for the time being I wouldn't just because just because of the Cadre thing because of how well that line is played I'd keep that together for a little while and I thought without question the Cadre line with Pospisil and Zeri was the best line um, tonight and I, I thought Cadre was great he's been really energized by having a guy like Zeri and having a guy like Pospisil on his line but if if all of a sudden it turns into a situation where you know maybe things do fall off a little bit and maybe it is time to juggle up the lines that would be something absolutely I would try that's uh that's that's very fair Teeman and so I'm with you that you want to get Lindholm going but the the good thing about having Kadri going is that when Nassim Kadri's going, he could also be your number one center on any given night. And I'll be honest, more often than not, over the last, I don't know, month and a bit, Kadri has been their number one center, or at the very least has, has taken on that role offensively. He's been one of their best players for more than a month now. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you're definitely right. I just think Kadri, like, um, he he drives play better than Lindholm. Like he he can kind of drive his own line sort of thing. So I think that you know I don't know. I just think Lindholm has to get going here. Um, another thing too, it's like it's awesome to see how well Sharon Govich is playing because like when we, when that Toffoli trade happened, like I saw people like saying like oh like Flames got robbed and yeah like I think you know giving up a guy who was our highest scorer last year definitely definitely hurts and I don't think Sharon Govich is as good as Toffoli, but the guy just. He does every he does little things well, right? Like that that penalty kill play he had for the Coleman goal, like along the boards. That's such a smart play, and like obviously he's the only guy who apparently knows how to take a shoot like a shootout attempt on a team. So <laughs> I, I'm really liking Sharon Govich here. He's he's really started to settle in. Um, I want to say the last I, similar to Kadri. I want to say the last I don't know. Um, month or so he feels like he's really found his groove and really found his his comfort level so yeah I uh, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Sharon Govich and the thing is I mean yeah Toffoli has put up more points so far than Sharon Govich has and and that is what it is but a couple things to remember Toffoli still not signed in New Jersey, so we're still talking about a guy who's a pending unrestricted free agent, and that's the other part. The Flames got a guy with team control. They immediately signed him to an extension, and now he's part of the fold here on a pretty cap-friendly contract for the next little bit, and yeah, he may not be the same. Like He may not get 70-plus points and lead the Flames in scoring, but he's going to be here for the next number of years because they got team control on him and they also got the third round pick that they used in uh, in Sidiev. So, I don't know, I, I for all those that say that the the Flames and Conroy got ripped off on the Toffoli trade, I don't buy it in the slightest. I don't, I don't understand that. Sharon Govich is younger and is really starting to settle in and really starting to play like the player they thought they were getting and they got a third round pick for a guy that wanted a 7-year extension who's well over 30 and on an expiring contract. I I don't I don't see the I don't see the L on that one myself. Yeah, and the big thing I, I was like trying to trying to tell people too is it's like the the deal that Toffoli would have signed with the Flames would probably have been like a six year contract, right? And we already have Huberdeau and yeah. we already have Caudry who are 
sign for long term. You don't need another 30 plus year old guy who's going to decline, right? Because that's just a disaster. Appreciate the call, Teeman. You have yourself a great night. 403 240 4444. Let's say hello to Leandro following a 3 2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. What's up, Leandro? Hey, Pat. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. First time caller. I'd normally, uh, Welcome aboard. normally text you after games. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Don't let those guys you. rag you about the three stars tonight. I think uh I think you I think you made a good call on it. I was at the game tonight and yeah, I thought it was a good call on three stars tonight. It is a thankless job. I don't understand why people <laughs> care so much about three stars. Uh it is like oh it's Choosing three stars. It was a one-goal game. You probably should choose one for the other team. So I did. Oh, and for I sure. Thought, I thought Kadri and Coleman were great tonight. I also thought Wolf was really good tonight. It's like, I thought Wolf was down. great tonight, too. I know, right? Like, I, and honestly, those two guys were, were great calls. I think I think someone who was a bit of an unsung hero tonight, too, was was uh, Huberto. I thought he had a I thought he had a decent game tonight. Uh, it didn't seem like he had a whole lot of crazy turnovers nor any crazy mistakes either. I think he made some solid passes, and I think he – Actually, threw his body around a little bit too. Um, yeah, I uh, and 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 I thought I I honestly think that Huberto's been pretty strong here for a little while. And and again, we're not talking about a guy who's putting up three points a night, and we're not talking about a guy who's always driving the bus offensively. But he's been more of an impact maker, and he's been more dynamic than he was to start the season or for good chunks of last season. You know, made a few really nice passes tonight that kept possession going. Made a few really like good tape to tapes that uh, a lot of guys in this league probably wouldn't make. So yeah, I, I didn't mind Huberto at all tonight. Yeah, I thought I, I honestly thought it was great, and and uh, I was going to say too, and as everyone's saying saying tonight too. It was just a, a great game by uh, by Wolfie tonight, and I, I'll just piggyback off what George said, just because I think I've mentioned to you before. I'm the I'm the goalie gear nerd, uh, calling in all the time, and I know you always say that you know it's not your thing. I know um, uh, your coworker there who runs the uh, the Wolf uh, the Wolf How. Um, yeah. He spoke after the one time that I, I mentioned last season that Marky switched up his gear, but tonight, boy, does that look good, hey? Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about goalie gear. I I don't notice like, oh, he's wearing a different blocker and it's this blocker and that's different. I, I don't know oh, anything about it that? and I don't know these things, but what I do know is when a kit looks really good and I think that looks banging. Like the the oh, the, yeah. the wolf kit Absolutely. with the blasty jerseys, chef's kiss. It's outstanding. Oh. 100%, which I think is really funny because I was going to say, you said a different blocker. You actually wore a different colored glove tonight. He was wearing I know, I know, I know. And the black. only reason I know that is because Aaron Vickers, who's also a gear nerd, uh, he pointed it out to me. And then in a commercial break earlier today, then Azam and, and Vickers were nerding out about I'm like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, yeah, well, that's an E65, but it should be an E62. But if you know this, a different. I'm like, guys, uh, no, I got to leave the room. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I could absolutely nerd out with them about the same thing too. So, so uh, we'll we'll leave and that I don't, for a different time. And I have I have no. It's like people who like Star Wars, like me, oh, or people who like Marvel, like me, or people who like all kinds. If people really like collecting stamps, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I and I really I think when goalie gear looks awesome, it looks awesome. And oh, yeah. so I and I love listening to the goalie gear nerds talk. I just um, I just don't know anything about the gear myself. It's I don't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> oh, all good, all good. 
I was going to say, too, people were talking about uh, Vladar's size. Um, and, you know, being a goalie myself, and I'm, I'm five foot four, but that's, that's, you know, definitely not even close to what NHL goalies are getting to. Six feet is still tall for a normal person. But uh, I was going to say, in that play where um, there was the uh, goaltender interference that got called on, on, uh, on Wolf, if that was Marky and that, you think that would get called? Because that probably would have hit his chest instead of his head. Um. So you're saying, dude, if Marky was in, would the I? I have no idea. Um, yeah, it, it I, was, been, I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, because I mean, he was he was kind of going side to side. I was I was uh, I was at the game. I was right behind him. I actually didn't see the call um, until Tanner put his hands up. Um, and when you saw it on the replay, it was pretty it was pretty clear on the overhead camera, but. I was thinking, you know, Marky being so tall, he's sliding on that butterfly, and that stick is probably going to hit him in the chest more so than in the head. Maybe that doesn't get called back, eh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually if you get a stick, if like it was pretty clear on a couple of the angles tonight that it definitely impeded Dustin's ability to make the stop on the 3-3 goal. Um, as as for whether or not it would have with Markstrom, I don't know. You, you, make a, you make a point because there is a significant size gap there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just last thing before I let you go here, Patty. Uh, um, I'm I'd be really excited to see what the the Markstrom and Wolf tandem is going to look like if you know if it does happen. Um, obviously that that kind of not to undercut Vladar at all, and I I hate putting throwing him under the bus because um, I think he's great. Uh, he obviously wants to be here, and he's such a he's, he seems like such a locker room guy as well. Like seeing him uh, greet. Uh, Wolf at the net after the game. It's just, it's great to see. So I, I'm wondering what, how, or, or rather, what you think uh, the Markstrom and Wolf tandem would look like in the future, and what your, what will your thoughts be about that? Rather than say a a, a like Wolf in terms Ladar of tandem. in terms of workload split, um, more so just how maybe just for me, maybe just more so how uh, how good Wolfie's development would be. If if Marky was there in comparison to to Dan, well, I think if if Markstrom were to be there, he's still going to be the one. But I also mm-hmm. think, and this is not a knock on Dan at all, but I also think working every day with a you know established number one like Jacob would would be really good for a guy. Um, would be really good for for a guy like like Dustin. So I, I don't think there'd be the the difference would be if you're if it's gonna be if it ended up being him and Vladar as a tandem, I think it would be more of a tandem where I still think Dustin would be one B or two for a little bit behind Jacob, um, just because, you know, Markstrom is still an established number one in this league. So that would be the, the difference for me. But I, I think it would be good for Dustin to work with a guy. You talk to Jordan uh, Jordan Sigalette or Jason LaBarbera or anybody else who works really closely with Jacob Markstrom and his competitive level, his intensity and his preparation are legendary and second to none and so are Dustin's and I think having Wolf see that from a guy who has X amount of NHL games and was number two for a Vesna Trophy one year, I think it would only help him. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, thanks for the call, Pat. I, I appreciate you taking the call, and, and hopefully I get, to, I get to have more chats with you in the future. Yeah, anytime. Call back. Appreciate it, Leandro. All right. Take care. Have a good night, my man. 
Thanks, man. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Follow it a Flames 3-2 win over Carolina tonight. Anand is with us this evening. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Pat. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, another awesome comeback win. Yeah, I was surprised uh, that uh, till the end of second period, they were down 2-0 and then coming back up, winning 3-2 and sticking together in the last, uh, what do you call it, the last period. That was amazing. Uh, I have a few couple of questions for you. Um, the power play still remains an issue, obviously, for us. Uh, do you think uh, maybe Mac Coronato would be the answer of fixing the power play, or do you think it's a little bit more bigger issue than that? Well, definitely, I think it's a bigger issue than just than just one person. So I think that would be uh, personally, I think that would be maybe a little unfair to put that. Hey. We're bringing up Matt Coronado to fix the power play, um, but I I do think that he could potentially help it, and and I say that because he does have a, a really strong outside shot, and he does finish well, and so I, I think that if at some point they were able to bring Coronado back into the fold, uh, I, I think that putting him on one of the two power play units would would definitely be helpful. I just wouldn't I just wouldn't put it on him to be like, okay, well, we're bringing him up to fix the power play. That's that's a little bit too much on him, I think. Uh, great. And the second question for you, uh, the uh, first period slow start that we have been seeing recently compared to the comebacks, uh, do you think it's uh, the flame strength to getting uh, used to the eyes, getting to know the team a little bit more? Is that the contributing uh, start uh, to the slower first period, or do you think there is another factor to it? Um, I, I think I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is a, a chemistry or, or a comfort level thing. Um, myself, I, I would guess probably no. Whatever it is, though, they got to figure out here because as, as awesome as the third period was here tonight and as, as yeah. cool as having six wins via comeback is, uh, six wins via third period comeback, they, they, they got to start games better. They got to be much better to start hockey games. Okay, sounds good. And last question for you, Patty. Uh, I don't know if you will know the answer to this question, uh, but uh, when I look at the Sportsnet uh, website and look under the Calgary Flames roster and players, uh, the tab under injury, so there is a, like a return date. Uh, just a question based on that. Is that the uh, return date based on when they were placed on uh, injury reserve, or is that like a uh, approximate uh, return date that we can see them back on ice. I believe that would be. Um, I believe that would be like the when they would be eligible to return or their their estimation. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how Sportsnet goes about uh, doing that. I'm just going to go pull it up and and um, and see if I can find the tab that you're talking about. Um, but. Yeah, because, like, for example, they have listed, I think, Kevin Rooney was technically the return date is yesterday. So we haven't seen him yet. So, yeah, just wanted to ask you if you know anything about it. Well, like, 
Kevin Rooney hasn't started skating with the team yet. Jacob Pelche hasn't started skating with the team yet. So they're still a few few weeks away from being able to return. Like I think probably on both, you're probably looking at conditioning stints first and, and probably getting back into the lineup at the NHL level uh, sometime in, in January. January. Alright, sounds good. Alright, Pat, thanks for taking my call. Have a good night. Stay warm and drive safe home and we'll talk to you on Saturday. Okay, Anna, you be well. Thank you, buddy. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 3-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes here at the Scotiabank Saddledome this evening. The game-winning goal scored shorthanded by your number one star tonight, Blake Coleman. Let's hear from Blake. He scored the game winner with less than nine minutes to go shorthanded. His uh, team co-leading seventh of the year. He also had the primary assist on Rasmus Anderson's goal that got the comeback started. Let's hear from Blake Coleman post game following tonight's 3-2 win. Slater it up. A little, maybe a little rope-a-dope. Oh, flames recipe right there. Um, <laughs> it's just the way it's going. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm really proud of the group and the way our guys stick with it. Um, another game where it could have been easy to just let that one uh, slip away from us and, and go into a three-game three, three skid and guys stuck with it and fought back and we're doing everything we can to to start better, and guys are searching for ways to to do it. But at the end of the day, it's it's a results business, and it's a it's a win column game for us. So it's important. Where did you see it turn from your vantage point? I thought the third was pretty good all around. I thought right from that first shift, you know, Posby gets in hard on a four check, gets gets a little juice in the in the group, and um, you know, easy to point to the goals. Big one from Razzie to get the crowd into it, get the guys into it. Um, anytime you can score two back-to-back like that, flip the game on its head and get the building into it, I thought from there it just felt like a matter of time before uh, we were going to win. And then you could see it. Guys were you know, paying the price, making plays. And like I said, it's uh, it's not the way you want to do it every time, but <laughs> it just seems to be our thing. Is there anything you felt like your group was doing differently or better as the game went on? Just stuck with it. Um, you know, I... I think they scored those goals, you know, just kind of bad bounces, honestly. And, um, you know, Wolfie made some big saves when we needed him. And when it was 2-0, uh, those kind of go a little bit unnoticed, I think. And, you know, looking back on it, he's the reason we were still only down by two. And, um, you know, and then once we turned the tide, I thought it was all hands on deck. And guys started making plays. And, um, like I said, just uh, it's the Flames' way right now. <laughs> what does it say about Dustin, like a young kid, rookie, coming in, and he gives up those first two goals and just shuts the door the rest of the way? What does that say about him, Blake? Well, he's got a lot of confidence. You know, I don't think he didn't seem shaken at all by it. The moment wasn't big for him. I thought, um, you know, he believes in himself, and, and we believe in him back there, and um, there's not much he can do on the goals. You know, tips are uh, challenging for any goalie in this league, and you can't ever fault a goalie for that. So it's more on us to get the blocks and the and under sticks and um so aside from that he was perfect tonight and made the saves we needed to and um you know it's it's great to have the depth and, and net that we have on this team because um you know when a guy as important as marky goes down to have you know danny and wolfie be able to step up and and both play big for us is, is important how'd you see your game winner it looked like uh you just want i don't know I'll let you take me through it how'd you see it uh, yeah, it was just it really is a great play by, by Sharkey. Um, we talk a lot about if we ever have full possession, the other guy would take off and see if we can get a little bit of offense generated on PK um, if it's clean. And 
Um, so you know, I yelled, and he made a great, great little slip pass, and um, yeah, and then I'm just trying to add a few new clubs to my bag, and uh, <laughs> did a little stutter, and uh, snapped one on net, and you know, was able to catch him sliding, and um, you know, thankfully it held up and. Won that game. Did you know that you're now this team's leading goal scorer for the 2023 calendar year? Uh, no, people seem real surprised by that, though. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's a good so or bad thing. <laughs> I keep getting that question. Um, I didn't. I did not know uh, that was the case. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's nice to get rewarded in this league, and you know, I try to play the right way, and and goals are just kind of a. Um, a nice bonus if I can chip in in that category, and I feel like I'm starting to find that offensive cre creativity a little bit more, um, especially this season. So hopefully we can keep it going. And you know, this team's, you know, if you're leading the team with seven, it's definitely a committee scoring uh, in this room. So it's we got to keep that rolling. How sustainable is the Flames recipe always coming from home? Well, you don't want to have you don't want to have that throughout the course of the year, but uh, there's. There's no doubt in our minds that we're gonna. That's gonna flip at some point. We're gonna have good starts, and um, and to know that you have that ability to come back in games late in the year um, is important because you know last year we didn't have that ability, and uh, you know if we can figure out the ways to to get ahead of teams and hold on to leads, then there's really there's only two ways to have to win in this league, and we've got one of them down pretty pretty, pretty dang well. So uh, if we can figure out the other half, we're gonna be in good shape. There you go. That is Blake Coleman post-game following uh, his game-winning goal in a 3-2 win over Carolina. By the way, a little California love in the background. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's get to tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. So, uh, Nazem Kadri named number two star. Blake Coleman named number one star. Sarchi named Dustin Wolf the hardest-working flame. I'm going to go with Mackenzie Weger uh, as the... Uh, Mackenzie Weger as the player with heart tonight had an assist on the game the, the goal that got the uh, comeback going early in the third period played 24-16 tonight to lead the team in that category had five shots which was a, a co-leading total six shot attempts and uh, thought he played himself a really solid game I'll go Mackenzie Weger as tonight's player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor office visit heartfit.ca so uh, jump back into the flames locker room for a final time tonight let's uh, check in with rasmus anderson who got the co comeback coming comeback going this evening easy for me to say here's rasmus anderson post game inside the flames locker room that's not exactly how the group drew it up no nope. is it <laughs> i'm guessing <laughs> no um <clears throat> Another fantastic first period. Uh, no, I don't know. It's uh, obviously it's tough to tough to start uh, the game down two nothing. And um, but I thought we we were slowly getting into it, uh, especially after the 10, 12 minute mark of the second period. We were really into it, and uh, we got some momentum in the second period, and we just kept it going in the third. And um, once we got one, it just felt like. You know, it was just one of those times we felt like we were going to get the win, and uh, we did, and it was a gutsy effort and uh, beat a really good team. What made you guys believe that, that you could ultimately win? Uh, I think just honestly get the first one and then the shift after we were, we kind of went right after them again and we didn't let them breathe, and, um, you know, we get the second one and then, uh, you know, we, we kill it. We kill, well, I don't know, one minute 20, minute 30 in the 
in the kill and Colsey managed to get a short hand and so it was a massive goal and um, then we played a clean game for the last six minutes and um, and so yeah it was really nice to uh, to uh, have a good second half of the game and hopefully we can uh, take that with us uh, on Saturday. What was the mood after 40? Was there anything special said in the locker room ahead of the third? No, I, 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 it, was, it was more of a focused group today. I, I feel like it was it's a little bit more quiet. We knew that we had we had a bad first period, and uh, as I said, I felt like that 10, 12 minute mark in the second really got us kind of a little bit of momentum, and uh, and then we just carried the momentum into the third period. And uh, as I said, uh, we managed to get the win, and uh, nothing uh, nothing exciting was said in the room. We I think we we just kept our head down, and uh, we, we've done it a few times this year already, and uh, we have a lot of belief in the third period. Was there anything specific that happened in that second period stretch where you said the momentum was generated that kind of kickstarted things for you guys? Uh, no, I, I think we just had more zone times, and we just kept following it up, and uh, and then as I said, we uh, you know we knew they were on the back to back, so uh, we just we just tried to tell each other to stay on them and. Uh, and and we did, and uh, we got rewarded tonight. But uh, in the long run, we uh, uh, it would be nice to uh, have a lead going into the third. That's for sure. What does it say? But you still yes, had the, the confidence in Dustin there. I, I didn't hear the first part. Of the I know he's only played a few games, but you obviously had full confidence in Dustin. Yeah, I mean, I said I I spoke about it the other day. Uh, it doesn't matter who who's playing back there. Uh, my faith in all three goalies, and they're all three really good goalies, and. Um, and yeah, Wolfie was uh, was great tonight, and he made some really key saves, and uh, that's what you need in uh, in games like this. And uh, you know, made a really good save in the second period. Maybe that's where we got a little bit of momentum going, and uh, we just stuck with it in the third. There you go, Rasmus Anderson. Post game, he had a goal as part of this win. Flames uh, come back to beat the Carolina Hurricanes three two here at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. Okay, let's look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. And uh, next up is the final game of this six game homestand. It is Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Note the start time Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. It is a 2 o'clock face-off here at the Scotiabank Saddledome, which means we'll be on the air at 1 o'clock with your Flames warm-up pregame show. We'll have it for you, of course, on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Sportsnet West, has it on television on Saturday. And a rare Saturday, Kelly Rudy on color with Rick Ball and Ryan Leslie on Saturday as well. So it's a special treat all round. Uh, Flames have... Um, actually had a lot of success against New Jersey over the last number of years, all except last year. They lost both games against the Devils last year in a very short period of time. Uh, In November, they lost 3-2 in overtime in Newark. Then a few days later, came back and played the Devils here at the Dome and lost 3-2 in regulation. So an 0-1-1 against the Devils last year. Before that, though, the Flames had won eight straight head-to-head matchups against New Jersey. So uh, that dated all the way back to February of 2017. Overall, Calgary 8-1-1 in their last 10 head-to-head games with the Devils. So the Flames finish off the road trip on 
on Saturday afternoon against New Jersey. They kick uh, the homestand rather Saturday afternoon against New Jersey. Then they kick off a road trip Monday against the Colorado Avalanche. That is a 7:30 faceoff at Ball Arena, and that is looking ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. Let's get back to the text line at 960-960. What do we got here on the text line? We got lots of them. Starting with Neil in the Northeast. Uh, Give me an ooh. We need uh, need the the clip instead of me doing it because uh, that was horrible. Um, So hit it any time is on. There we go. Uh, So happy for Dustin Wolf. Glad to hear George enjoyed the game, and it seems like a lot of callers and texters feel vindicated. Love Zary. He continues to kill it for me in fantasy. Do you think if he keeps up this pace on a playoff pace team, he's a good threat to Bedard for Calder? I don't know. It's, I mean, I think Marco Rossi's in that conversation. Uh, I think Fantilli's in that conversation. Uh, but Zeri, 12 and 16, nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, I would imagine Bedard's going to be the the leader and the, um, you know, I, I think he'll probably be the guy that uh, paces it for the rest of uh, for the rest of the Calder Trophy race. But, geez, if Zeri can even stay in that conversation, that'd be pretty impressive. Um, what else we got here at 960-960? This says, how happy uh, – well, geez, this is a lot of texts here. Um, where do I want to go with this one? Because he sent three different texts. I'll read the first one, actually. Uh, this is from Al, who says, The strength of this team is not getting in their heads when they fall behind, which allows them to see comebacks as a real possibility at any time. Many times lose a game early by not believing in themselves and their ability to still make a game of it. Now, if they can add a focus on getting that first goal, they're going to be fine. Wolf look calm all night. Calm and belief has to be with the goalie as well, or it'll never happen. This time with Markstrom will allow them to showcase both Wolf and Vladar, which will put them on an even stronger spot in two months if both take the opportunity to wow. Go Flames, go. That comes from Calgary Al. Um... This from Andrew and Airdrie. Big win for the Flames tonight. Now do the Flames stick with Wolf and Net and keep Vladar as backup. Give Markstrom a rest. Wolf's amazing in Net. He's ready for the NHL. It's time now. Well, Markstrom's on the shelf like he's he's injured. He's got a broken finger, so he's on the shelf for the time being. Um, and I think it's game by game. And I think Wolf gets the start on Saturday against New Jersey, and then you go from there. And I think that's the right call to go Wolf against New Jersey. So uh, we'll see how he plays against a very good Devils team. Uh, This from Joel and Cranston. Pat, a lot of players, especially forwards, have a tough time hitting the net. Um, that That can be fair that this is not the world's greatest finishing team at, at points. There's no doubt about that. Um, what else we got here? My Huskies losing his mind tonight with the wolf calls. I'm okay with that. That's from Rory and Lacombe. Look, if you're a dog person, I don't know if there's a more, and you can hit the, anytime we, we ma- mention it, Azam, you can always hit it. You got carte blanche. Um, but um, the... Uh, <laughs> Rory's Huskies going to be losing it again. We all know that Huskies are perhaps the most spun of all the dogs, and uh, they can be strange, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, this from Tommy. 
Great comeback by the Flames, in my opinion. I think that if they end up signing one of their big three pending UFAs, and that's a big if, I think it has to be Hannafin. He's the kind of guy you want in your core, fast, smart, and available. How many D-men under the age of 27 hit 600 games? I think they could pull some assets back from Lindholm and Tanev, but I think Hannafin should be an extend candidate for Conroy. What are your thoughts? If Hannafin wants to stay and it's not going to have to be an egregious kind of, um, what's the right term, uh, an egregious premium to get him to stay, then absolutely all day I agree with that. Question is, both teams kind of backed away from the extension when we felt it might have been close a number of weeks ago. And part of that, I think, is that uh, I, I think that there's still a desire for Noah to maybe play south of the border. Not because he doesn't like it here, but because he's a, he's an American guy. And there there might be, as an unrestricted free agent, and the other point to that text, Tommy, is you don't get to be a UFA at the age of 27. He's not even 27 yet. He turns 27 in January. But to be a UFA with 600 games at the age of 27, that also is a unique opportunity that you know he may very much want to take advantage of and potentially play south of the border. So I, if he's willing to stay, though, and you don't have to pay a big premium to keep him, then I think absolutely you look at doing that. Uh, this says these starts are playing gross. This is not even an average team the way they start as of late. Luck only lasts so long. This comes from TJ. Says postgame show is unreal tonight. Great job, everyone. Patty, just wanted to say before the season, I ended up putting $20 on Matt Coronado as the Calder Trophy winner. I know it was a big-time long shot, but just wanted to cheer for it. Yes, we thought Zeri would get some games this season if injuries make it happen, but did you have any idea Zeri would come in and be this much of an offensive producer at the NHL level. If anyone, if anyone thought any rookie was going to be the guy this year, it had to be Coronado. Um, that is a uh, that is a fair point, and I, to be honest with you, no, absolutely not. I did not think that. Connor Zeri would be able to come in and make this much of an offensive impact this quickly. No, absolutely not. So, and that's a credit to him for being able to be confident enough to do the things that he needs to do to let his offense be uh, an impact maker and and to be prepared and to go back down to the American League to start the season and and really play well down there to earn the recall and make it no questions asked. So did I see it coming? No, but he deserves all the credit for making that answer yes. Uh, this reads at 960-960 from Mason. I think Huberto performs best when he plays on a line with Coleman and Backlund. Do you think he plays better on the line he's on now? Well, he's he's still on that line with Huberto and Backlund. Um, he he got bumps around, got bumped around a little bit um, when he um, you know when, when this game was he got put on the cadre line a few times, but still spent lots of time with Backlund and Coleman. And I do agree that that is the the place that he is. Is, is best right now. A few more texts at 960-960. Uh, this from Sam. The comeback flame strike again. Not the recipe for success, but grit and determination prevailed. Wolf was absolutely solid. Would roll with him again Saturday against the Devils. What did you think of the power play tonight? Passing seemed more crisp and they had better luck, uh, better looks. And I didn't really like the power play at all tonight. Uh, I thought it was pretty pedestrian myself. Um... 
What else we got here? This says from Everett in Calgary, I feel that Wolf's solid performance should earn him a spot in Saturday's game. Although he let two in during the first, he absolutely locked it down for the next two periods and in my opinion should be the starter against the Devils. I agree. Stafford says, I didn't leave after two tonight. I thought with the Canes playing back-to-back, we'd see some pushback in the third and my hunch played out right. They really need to talk about the power play. The coach that structures that disaster needs to do something. There's no chemistry, no one's in sync, and the fans actually started booing. How about just playing your regular lines, three forwards and 2D, and see what happens? It certainly can't get any worse. Um, your thoughts on how to fix the, the that worse-than-bad power play? Um, I I don't know at this point. I mean, that one, uh, that, that's been brought up before, maybe doing something like that. Uh, but I... I Honestly, I do not know at this point. You know, it looked like it was trending a little bit better. They were shooting it a little bit more. There was a little bit more urgency against Vegas, Dallas, and then they broke through against Vancouver, and it's kind of regressed the last two games. And finally, from Will in BC, here's the thing about Wolf, in my opinion. He knows how to play goal, and you have to beat him, which will happen. But he's not going to beat himself. The goals against have to be earned. In other words, he doesn't give up the free ones that we've seen so many of from other guys in the last couple of seasons. I agree. He should start next game. He needs more than one start every 20 games to become used to the NHL. I think when he gets more comfortable with the idea of the NHL, you're going to see an elite goalie just saying. That's from Will in BC. And that is a, uh, hey, look, I'm a big Wolf fan as well. And I think he is very much trending in that direction as well. 960-960 on the text line. Great stuff from you on the text line tonight. Let's get back to the phone lines for four more before we wrap up our Flames Talk postgame show tonight. And we will uh, start by saying hello to Norm. What's going on, Norm? How we doing? Hey, Pat. Uh, I liked it when you did the uh, woo. It's not very good. It's better when Azam plays it than when I do it. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. Hey, listen, it's, man. It's I funny, but about... it's not. It might be. It might be funny, but it's not good. No, it was good, man. Hey, listen. I want to talk about Jonathan Huberto. Okay. He's had uh, good games. I'm going to give him that. And I appreciate the other callers giving him his props the last few games. I mean, Daryl Sutter once said he's the greatest passer we ever had. I don't know. I've I've seen as far as memorable goes, maybe five, maybe six passes. I don't know, in the last hundred games. Um, Here's a guy, I mean... He's clearly loved by the room, and, I don't know, he's making more than my grandfather made in his entire life. Anyways, I I don't think the end game is playing with Backlund and Coleman, you know, given their ages. And he's not had any chemistry with, you know, any other guy on the team. So, what you know, what I want to know is uh, how do we keep this going? I mean, do we look for, for outside help? And I'm just wondering how we want to handle the, you know, the wealthiest and best passing guy on the team. Anyways, thanks, Pat. Have a nice night. Okay, Norm. Um, Look, I think it is trending in a much better direction. I agree that the end game is probably not playing with Backlund and Coleman, but I will also say that since he's been put on that line with Backlund and Coleman, uh, he was, he's, he's been his best self so far this season uh so i think it's a nice way to get his um it's a nice way to get his game 
trending in a better direction and maybe get his overall game to a higher level. As for the comment that Daryl Sutter said about maybe him being the best passer the organization has seen, I don't think that that's really all that wrong, but he, he doesn't do it in the most flashy of ways. And that, that's important to remember that, you know, the way that Jonathan Huberdeau distributes the puck is very, very high end, but it doesn't always look like super sexy. He's not doing it at a million miles an hour. He's not doing it between the legs or behind the back. He just see things. He sees things on his forehand and backhand and, and reads the game that, a lot of other at a level that a lot of other guys don't and honestly even if you watch this game tonight there were four or five passes that he got through that he saw that I could see developing from up in the press box because I'm 80 feet away and the game looks like it's uh, in slow motion for us compared to how quick it actually is but for Huberto to see the things that we see up in the press box develop not very many guys in this league do so I actually think it's moving in a strong direction or a better direction with Jonathan than you know than maybe we've seen since he's been here is it moving in a ten and a half million dollar 115 point direction I don't know but it, it definitely is moving in a better direction than it was uh let's say hello to Travis following a 3-2 win over Carolina what's up Trav hey buddy um so, I have a couple things here so the first one, I just want to make a quick comment. I was kind of on vacation and so I didn't really get to call in a bit, but the Zadorov trade, I know a lot of people are complaining about it. And I know it's a little bit of old news at this point, but I think when you free up that kind of cap space, it's super important. And there's a lot of things you could do at the deadline or, uh, or when you're trading up these other contracts that are obviously going to be leaving. So I think people really um, underestimate that, that importance of having that cap space freed up. Cap space, and the um, no. other thing is they also kept all three of their retention spots, so if they do end up trading Hannafin, Lindholm, and Tanev and, and need to retain salary to make it work for the other team, um, they they also have all three of their retention spots, which I think is important too. Yeah, you know, it's so important. Like, we gave up a first-round pick, which I was kind of reading the rules of it, to get rid of Monaghan for one year, who's still a pretty decent player, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like um, a contender with the limited cap space this year, um, you know, who knows what they'll pay pay to eat up some of that cap space if we choose to go in that direction. Yep. Uh, or, or, you know, if you're moving out a Tana or a Hannafin or a Lindholm, they're both under $5 million contracts, and you can retain half, and half at the deadline is, you know, it's quite a bit. So <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of importance there that we've got to keep in mind. Yep. Um and, you know, yeah, nice win. It's, it's fun to watch them come back and win and I'll always be in the game and have no hope. But I think um, if we just look at this realistically, um, this team's very similar to last year. Um, I think our goals per game and our goals against per game uh, are close to even on both sides. And I feel like that's how it ended last year. I was trying to look it up. but couldn't find it. You know, we're letting letting in a little more goals than we're putting out, but but in general, it's very similar to last year. And so I don't think that's after tonight, they're after tonight they're minus thirteen for their goals for goals against differential. Last year they finished plus eight. Yeah, and you know, and it's like three goals per game forced and like three point three against or what whatever. Like that's just a ballpark figure. I'm I'm blasting off there. So, like, I, I don't think a lot's going to change. It's a, it's a very similar team. 
Um, you know, if our power play was a little bit better, sure, that number might be a tad better. But I think we're going to be in tight as a as as an eight eight seed again, and probably just miss out similar to last year. I'm suspecting that's how the season will go. Um, so, so I don't think we should get too up at like, oh, this team, you know, we're back. Or, or I know they have some more comeback wins, but in general, I think. I think um, this year, in my my mind, is a lot different than the last several years. I think I like the direction that we're playing the young guys now, and I think we have these big assets that I feel like are going to be moved inevitably um, at, at some point here before the deadline. And I think I think that's good for the Flames. And I think if you can inject some more youth into the youth we already have, and and you know we have some good veterans signed long term, I, I think. Um, I think overall it's a good direction for this team to go just just to be better in the future. You know, you we have um, a lot of good young prospects, some playing already. Um, we have Coronado in the minors and some other guys we really like. And I think if you can maybe add a, a good blue chip prospect or something in that zone or, or a couple of them um, to grow with, with the other young guys, I think that's I think that's a good direction to be headed in. Yeah, and and I also think that the you know management agrees with you in that I think that they look at this and say, yeah, you know what, getting younger is something that they want to do, and they look at the impact that Zeri and Pospisil have made, and and I think that that management looks at it and says, okay, we've got an opportunity here to get a little bit younger, and. Um, and, and give more opportunity for young players, set the team up for a little bit more long-term success, and and that's why I think that we're probably going to be talking about uh, a team that does indeed move off a good chunk of these unrestricted free agents. Maybe not all of them. We'll wait and see. But, um, yeah, I, I think that this is a, a situation where they have an opportunity to even um, to even expand on what you're talking about with young players and a, and a different direction. Yeah, and, you know, I know maybe we're talking about the UFAs, but I think at some point, too, I'd probably like to move off Manjapani. Um, I, I don't know. I know his points are there and stuff, but uh, he doesn't bring it every night. And at $5.9 million, I think you need more from Manjapani. Um, we have him one year after this. I think he's a movable contract maybe after the season at some point. Um, I just And I think it's just about going in a different direction. Um with the overall team and maybe the way we're built. Um, Mans is super small. I feel like, and I know you'll blast back on this, but he does fall a lot at at times. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence because he's working so hard or trying to work hard, but I just, the only, I just don't care (laughs) like that. That to me is so irrelevant that he falls. (laughs) That should not be a reason. That should not be a reason why you get traded or don't get traded. It's, no, no, that's fair, but okay, fair enough, fair enough. But but overall, he's very inconsistent and very streaky at best. He had a great year uh, not too long ago, but that happened all pretty quick, and overall, he's just a very streaky player. And I'm, I know a lot of players are. That's just the NHL, I guess, but I just, I, I just don't see him as a core piece moving forward for the Flames. Well, here's what um, I'd say. Here's what I would say about about you know just overall having the conversation about moving off of other players, not just the unrestricted free agents that they've got. 
I, I really do believe Craig Conroy is open to everything. Uh, I, I, I don't think that there is a situation where he said, no, we would like, I, I do think that he is very invested in, in going in a younger direction. And so I'm not saying that what you're suggesting is, oh, well, they're definitely going to trade Manjapani. Then I'm not suggesting that, but I, I just think that, there's a lot of things that, that Craig would consider that maybe we don't talk about a lot right now just because we're really focused on the UFAs. I just think that there are other things that, that he would also be interested in doing or, or if they uh, crossed his desk, he, he would consider doing so. Um, and, I'm not, and, and, and so your idea is, is one of them that could absolutely be that. we got to wrap up here pretty quick, Trav, but just a uh, last word to you. Yeah, last one. You know, if we're going in a younger direction, what reason is Coronado not back with the Flames at this point? 14 games, he's the leading scorer in the minors, and, um, you know, he, he has a lethal shot. I just feel like since we're going in the youth movement here, is I there a reason why the he's reason not is, I think the reason is, is that uh, there's maybe not a 100%. Like, I, I, I don't think Craig Conroy, and I don't think that, that – that he wants to have uh, Matt up if he's going to be playing fourth line minutes or potentially get healthy scratched, yeah. and and I think that with with a little bit more continuity that we've seen from the Flames lines of late, with Pospisil coming in and and being able to make an a, uh, an impact, and with Zary doing the same thing, I just I, I think that they want to make sure that it wherever he's playing, he's playing a big role. That that I think is want- why we haven't yet. You probably want them on the second line, right? Not not on the fourth line. And well, they, they, and right it's, now, it's kind of a team from the slot. It's kind of a team that doesn't really have a first or second line. They've got three kind of, at least in my opinion, they've got three kind of. They, they have three line. They have the top three lines on any given night could be the number one line. And so you want them on one of those three lines, in in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's where the Flames are are looking to right now. Cool, Pat. Thanks so much, man. Talk soon. Good stuff, Trav. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, two more calls, starting with Bryce in BC. What's up, Bryce? Oh, hey. How's it going? Good, pal. How are you? Oh, I'm still yeah, we're, we're, and and still working about still working on on that thing for February. So don't don't worry. I, I haven't forgotten. Okay. Oh no. Well, I, no it's good that you said that. <laughs> Probably would have mentioned it. <laughs> um, I figured you might have. Yeah. Anyway, maybe three, if possible, I'll do it quick. Um, did you see that report of uh, the owner of the Flames? He's getting more involved in why the why they're in a bit chaos. And the other one, did you hear this? Uh, the only trade that Hannafin wants to go to is Boston. And then Dustin Wolf is like, I've seen him when he was down here. He's, he's He's like he's an amazing guy. Like he's small in stature, but he's just he's he's just right on. Like he's really enjoyable to watch. Uh, on the first two, I I don't yeah. I do, I'm not aware of the uh, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about on the the first one uh, about Murray Edwards. Um, and that just would maybe be, I just I, I don't I haven't maybe seen it yet. It's there's a lot going on at a game day. And then the other one I, I haven't read that report about Hannafin either. So so and that's that's not to say that they're right or wrong or you're right or wrong. I just haven't seen or read them myself. So um, be a little okay. harder for me to comment on. Maybe when you see it, then you'll know. But I I 
I'd seen it. It was in one of the um, local papers. One of them there, it pointed out he was uh, like getting more involved than what other one owners were doing. Okay, and I just I just haven't seen that. So I, I again I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying I just haven't okay. read that myself, or and so I can't really comment on it until mm-hmm. I I read it myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, Batanovan, that one was because it was I guess that two was out. The only like you never seen this before when a player chooses which team he wants to go to and. The only well, thing the, the, the problem is the problem is on the Hannafin front is that he doesn't have any trade protection. Well, he does have a little bit of trade protection, yeah. but he there's I think there's 24 teams that he can't even yeah. doesn't have a say in. Right. So the, 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 the thing the thing about Hannafin is that he is unrestricted at the end of the year. So a lot of teams that might be acquiring him uh, would potentially be looking at re-signing him as well, which is why sometimes you hear those types of things. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, there, if a team wants Noah and that team is not on his no trade list, then that's where he's going. He doesn't really have a whole lot of control. I'm not saying that – I think a lot of teams would like to, uh, if they are going to make a move for a player of that stature and pay the price that that would uh, cost to bring him in, would, would like to have a pretty decent idea as to whether or not they're going to have a chance at, at re-signing him if that's what they want to do. But um, that, that, that is important to note that Noah's got limited trade protection – when uh, talking about what his future destination may be, if it's not Calgary. Mm. Okay, yeah, and just maybe this, would would you think that Dustin's like uh, Wolf's play like uh, is, like I it's just he amazes me every time he plays. It's kind of he's he's, he's a hell of a goalie, man. He is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got the American League at record, I guess, like right up there with Fox. But played down there, like it's it's just his glove saves, like he's like like it's like real fast. Like yeah, he's got he's his, he's his there's there's good. the way that he reads mm-hmm. the play and the way that he reacts to the play is mm-hmm. elite, elite. Bryce, yeah. he is he's he's a really yeah. really strong prospect. And it doesn't save him when like you said when he scores two goals. This is why this is why I I push back sometimes when people talk about you know is if if you you bring him up onto a team that's not very good is is or or like or if the team's not going very well you know is that going to mess with his development and and the thing that I I say every time is having been around Dustin this guy is so mentally dialed Mm -hmm. and so well mentally prepared for every single time he goes in there it's it's ridiculous so I I'm I'm pretty every time I watch him every time I'm around him I feel a little bit more bullish about what he's going to be in the NHL and definitely tonight was no different yeah, I seen that when he was over here in the, in the Abbotsford when he was visitor. Yeah. I think he's, he's like he stands up. He's like it's no. It's like it's, he makes it so easy, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. Anyway, you have a good night, and hopefully, I'll see you over in you know, February with Special Olympics. I'm on yeah. CBC side, so. But, I know. Yeah. I, f- I yeah. figured you would be. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you know, but you're. you're 
like I said, you've always been good and respectful, and it's a hard job what you do, but we like we like kind of what you do, and it keeps us keeps our faith going. <laughs> it is uh, good to chat with you as always, my friend. We'll talk soon, Bryce. Yeah. Take okay, care. buddy. Be well. Yeah. Thanks, man. And our uh, final call tonight, we say hello to our buddy Parsons. What's up, Parsons? Mr. Steinberg, how are you? I am well. How are you? Well, I apologize for my voice, first and foremost, because I'm kind of getting over something. So um, I couldn't call in last time, so (laughs) I thought I would try this time. It's not much better, but here we go. You sound Um, all right. Okay, well, yeah, I kind of am losing my voice a little bit, but... um, yeah, no, it, that was a really good win tonight. Um, I thought Wolf played outstanding. Um, you know, it's it's really awesome to see a rookie goalie like that kind of, you know, hold things down after the first and give his, uh, his team a chance to win like how he did. Um, he's really quiet back there. He's... Um, his his tracking and rebound control is off the charts. This it's ridiculous. Guy, it's it is ridiculous. He's like bionic or something. And I don't I don't know anything about the position, and it's ridiculous. Like I just like you can just tell mm-hmm. how well he reads the play when you watch him uh, between the pipes. It's it's uh, it's next level. Like his, and then you talk to people who do understand the position and just hear them talk about how elite his hockey mind is. Like if this guy mm-hmm. was if this guy was a forward, he'd be a hell of a forward prospect. If this guy was like he'd be he'd be a, a cerebral center iceman or or a a, a really smart play reading defenseman like he just his hockey IQ is is that high and that I if you were and again this is from a very layman goaltending approach because it is such a specialized position I, I would never suggest to be somebody who is an expert at it but when you talk to the people who are experts and if somebody were to ask me like what is the number one thing that allows Dustin to overcome the the size disadvantage if you want to call it that that he has in the NHL my answer would be the fact that he's just his competitiveness is great his athleticism is great absolutely is preparation but it is his hockey iq and his ability yeah. to anticipate and read the play yes. that's going to be yeah. the thing that allows him to be an nhl goaltender despite being quote unquote undersized absolutely because he can read a play and he's like you said his iq he understands where the play is going next exactly so he can anticipate right yeah yeah positionally he's just and he's like velcro He's like Velcro. Yeah. Um, nothing Nothing comes off of him. I'm so impressed with this guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, good for him. Good for him getting the win and helping his team win tonight. And, you know, I thought a lot of guys had good games, like Coleman. You know, I've talked about him a few times this year, and I thought he had another outstanding game. Um, I love this guy. He's a true professional he comes to work. He knows his position. He knows how to play the game right. I really like this guy a lot. And Sharon Govich, I thought, had a good game. Solovyov, I thought, had a good game. You know what's exciting to me, Pat, is that we beat Carolina with um, basically four younger fellows that are just not far removed from the Wranglers on the team. And that's kind of a 
that's kind of a good thing to kind of see, you know. You have Pospisil and Zari and Slovyov and Wolfie and Nett, and we beat one of the better teams in the league tonight. And, you know, that's that's really encouraging. As a Flames fan, I can't remember the last time we've had this many, you know, quote-unquote rookies uh, up on the up on the main team. And um, it's really encouraging. And, and we still have um, Pelche and Coronado on deck, you know. So it's uh, very encouraging. I, I, I got a trade proposal for you. Okay. So it's not, you know, you know how you're talking earlier. It's all the attentions around the USAs and this and that. But um, one I thought would be a nice kind of sidestep, and it's not a big commitment on either side, um, would be, and I think both would probably like a change of scenery maybe, is um, a Dubé for an Anthony Duclair kind of trade. I think the salaries are around the same. Um, I think Dubé would uh, perhaps benefit from this, you know, um, as San Jose is a rebuilding team. Uh, maybe they can find more of a permanent spot for him. Um, we could reunite Duclair with uh, Huberto. It's low cost. It's not long-term. You know, what do you think about something like that? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be giving up on Dylan at this point. I know he's had well, – Dylan Dubé had 45 points last year, man. He was mm. – um, he, he had 39 five-on-five points, uh, which was one off for being tied for second with Backlund, Huberdo, and uh, one other player last year. So, like, I, I, I don't understand the zeal to move off of Dylan Dubé. I really don't. Um he he's had two straight 18 goal seasons he's got a very very easy to swallow cap hit i i he's significantly younger than duclair i i i wouldn't i I, and 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 i'm not saying that you're wrong or like that's your opinion i just i i don't understand the the zeal to move off of dube because he's gotten off to a slow start this year he he had 45 points last year 39 of them Mm -hmm. came five on five he was number five on the team for five on five points and uh one off being number two because three guys had had 40 he had 39 and those guys who had 40 are all are all like supposed to be the um you know the guys who lead the way on this team so i Mm -hmm. It's just, it's strange to me. I know he's not having a great year, and I know that he's off to a rough start. I'm very well aware of that, and I'm not even mm-hmm. suggesting that he should skate on that. I'm just saying that, like, then to be like, well, actually, no, it's time to get rid of him. I mean, only to fully back when Lindholm and Huberdo had more five-on-five points than, Lind- than than Dubé did last year. Right. No, I, I'm not looking at it, Pat, as a, like, a, you know, a quote-unquote, like, let's get rid of him or we're giving up on him. But you did say change of scenery. I, I don't know. After after twenty five games where he struggled a little bit, is that change of scenery time? I don't know. Like, but and, and, and Parse, I'm not even saying you're wrong. I just yeah. I, I feel like you'd be. Here's here's my thing that I don't want them to do with Dubé that they mm. did with Sam Bennett. I I don't want right. them to have a guy that never really was given a, a full-time role. I think Dubé has at times had to uh, deal with the same thing Bennett did in that mm-hmm. 
um, kind of got moved around all over the lineup. Yeah. Sometimes left wing, sometimes center, sometimes yeah. right wing, sometimes on the second line, sometimes on the fourth line. And and I think that the versatility is great. You want that, but I think sometimes it also hurts him a little bit or, or it can make right. it more difficult for him to, to find a role. I'm not suggesting that Dylan Dubé is going to be a 90-point player in the NHL, but, you know, I think that the back-to-back 18-goal seasons and him being a 45-point guy last year, him having a really nice cap hit, I, I don't know. I, I think there's still reason to uh, think that there's more there from him. For sure. I, I was more coming from the angle of a familiar, familiarity um, position. Like, you know, we have Huberto here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's familiarity there with Duclair. Um, it's not a long-term investment, you know. Like it's, a, let's try and see if we can ignite this guy. I don't disagree um, with the idea of potentially looking at Duclair. I just wouldn't myself mm-hmm. drink Dubé for him. Okay, that's fair. Um, as far as the power play goes, we got to wrap up real quick. Oh yeah, okay. I'll try to go as fast as possible. Um, as far as the power play goes, what I would like to see the Flames try is Huberto on the point. We don't have a true uh, D guy who's a power play quarterback. Um, Huberto is one of the best passers in the league. I'd like to see him up on the point. Try it out. Let's take a chance on it. Um, switch it up a little bit. Um, other than that, man, um, I thought, uh, again, Solovyov had a good game and um yeah, I, I'm excited for the future, to be honest with you, even if we lose a few here. So, All right, Pars. All right, Brandon. Good to hear from you, man. Feel Thank better. You. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Well, hopefully your voice feels better then. Yeah, it's just the voice thing. It's, I, I can't stop that for some reason. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll talk right. soon. You bet. Take care, man. Thanks, Pars. And that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line this evening. Always appreciate the time. Uh, it was a fun Flames Talk game as we start to wrap things up with your final summary. Uh, Carolina opened up a 2-0 lead in the first period. Stefan Nason made it 1-0 at the 2-10 mark with his seventh of the year. Nason from Jacob Slavin and Jack Drury. And then that was followed up by a 2-0 goal on a redirect from Michael Bunting. Bunting gets his sixth of the year from Dmitry Orlov and Marty Natchez at 849 and it was 2-0 Carolina after 20 minutes of play. No scoring in the second period and then the comeback began for the Flames early in the third. Rasmus Anderson got them back within one. Anderson's fourth from Blake Coleman and Mackenzie Weger came at 542 of the third period. Then 81 seconds later Connor Zeri ties it for Calgary. Zeri's fifth from Adam Rizicka and Nazem Kadri at 703 just like that 2-2 tie and then with Carolina on their first power play of the game an opportunity to regain the lead near the end of that power play Blake Coleman gets an opportunity the other way and he rips it past Peter Kachetkov to make it 3-2 a shorthanded game winner from Blake Coleman to make it 3-2 Coleman's seventh from Yegor Sharangovich at 11.44 shorthanded makes it 3-2 and that would end up being your final score. Final shots, 32-27 in favor of Carolina. Calgary goes 0 for 3 on the power play tonight. Carolina 0 for 1 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number three, Michael Bunting of the Hurricanes, number two, Nazem Kadri, and number one with a goal and an assist, including the game winner, Blake 
Coleman. With the win, Calgary improves to 11-12-3. They're back in action Saturday at home to New Jersey, while Carolina falls to 14-11-1. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Vancouver. That'll wrap us up on our final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Corey Sarich, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Randy Opperman, for our producer, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding, sorry, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, uh, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for Calgary, note the start time for Saturday afternoon's game to wrap up this six-game homestand. 2 o'clock against the New Jersey Devils, so 2 p.m., which means we're on the air at 1 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames come back again. 3-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.